And welcome to episode 115 of the Varangian Heresy Podcast. Uh, my name is Jody. I am your hostess for the mostest for this this episode, as almost always. Um, and I hope you guys are doing well. We have an interesting episode for you tonight. Uh, we're actually having a bit of an open discussion. Not theological, but something-ish, maybe. Just open discussion. Ge on... Geopolitical. Geopolitical. That's a that's even longer than theological. I don't even know if I can say that. Um, but it's it, we're talking about home worlds of the of the thirty k universe and their impact on legions. Um, and we'll get into that a bit more. That's going to be our main topic tonight. But before we even get there, I've got to do my introductions because you know we're in a virtual studio and everybody needs to be introduced. So on my left is uh, the silent assassin himself, and I tell you what, he's going for the jugular tonight, so be careful. He's <laughs> the one and the only Pele. How you doing, bud? Oh, I'm doing great as always. Get that knife in quick and hard, mate. That's all I'm saying. Champion of the Varangian Brexit campaign. Yeah, apparently so. Yeah, get the get the Brits out of the Varangian by the sounds of it. Jesus, right? Oh, you're taking it too hard. You're taking it too hard. I don't think I was unjustified. Are you already at 115? Uh, yeah, uh, we're already at 115, mate. I know, right? We could be syndicated if we were a TV show and make money for the rest of our lives, but yeah. it's a podcast on internet radio, so obviously we make nothing. Um, make good friends. You you are on form tonight. You can host <laughs> after this. It's all yours. Um, and to the left of my left is uh, the one and only, our very own uh, other Englishman here on the podcast, but he actually lives in the other country, which is, you know, the homeland, the mothership, and somewhere I'll be visiting in a couple of weeks, so I'm looking forward to that. He is the one and only from Cult of Paint, Mr. Henry Steele. How are you doing, buddy? Hello, mate. I'm very well. It's lovely to be back on. It's been far too long. We've missed you. It's been a, been a, busy, been a busy couple of months, but I have been enjoying the episodes, so... Uh... How, how dare you have, you know, work, life, and all that sort of balance? How dare you? <laughs> I know, right? I know. But it's kind of nice. Like, it's uh, it's been great to see uh, the first few months of Heresy 2nd Edition and stuff, so... Yeah, it's, uh, so, it's, it's been a wild ride so far, and it's only going to go go up and down from here, I think. I think so. so. Yeah, it, it will be interesting. Um, and then, of course, uh, on my right, the, the, I'm not saying the far right, but it just happens to be there's only one on the right today, is uh, the man in the myth, the legend, atop his empty beer cans and pretzel throne, is the one and only Mr. Freddy. How you doing, bud? Oh, I'm doing great, mate. Yeah, getting games in, painting, hobbying. Nice. Starting new projects, creating new systems, taking over the world. Yeah, that's right. I'm 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 back into fucking uh, making up cards again and stuff. So full blown Freddy mode. <laughs> exactly. Nice. My God. Very nice. Well, uh, I'm just going to do a couple of things before we get on and start talking about stuff. So obviously, if you're listening to our episode right now, hopefully you're listening to us on your preferred podcast app or system of choice whatever it is but we are available on spotify we're on podbean we're on soundcloud what the fuck is podbean it's another podcast catcher that i added us to recently so another app of choice for other for sounds like some delicious chewy sweet that you swedes have put fucking licorice or pepper in i know <laughs> just, well, I'm, i tried to skip over it and not focus on it but no crackers <laughs> no crack 
Jesus, ow, that's another one in the kidney, or the other kidney. Um, uh, we have, obviously, we have our Facebook page, we've got our Facebook group as well, and we have our ever-building uh, Discord group, where we're having some very lively conversations about stuff, including non-heresy-related projects such as Bad Ab Wars, but I'm not going to say any more than that, because you're going to have to go to join our Discord to find out. Uh, sneaky of me, that is, and I like it. Um, and... We'll say we're trying, we're putting something new in tonight. Uh, once we finished our main topic and before we wrap up, we put out a request for some questions from you guys, our listeners, on our Facebook page uh, last week for this recording. So we've got three of those. We've selectively and you know really hardcore. Basically, the first three I could th- I, I got my hands on the, the, the ones there were like fucking legible. Top. <laughs> easy to copy uh but we have three questions from you our listeners and we're gonna we're gonna go through them and you'll get our points of view on the questions you've asked and we're gonna try and keep doing this on a regular basis because i think it's a lot of fun just to get what's in your mind on our cast so we can talk about it as well i have been asked and this whilst this is not news because we'll get there very soon uh i've been asked to give our danish friends who run raltac so that's our, the ever-loving uh Eric, Great Dane Eric and Olivia, who have uh, an upcoming event for Railtex. That's the real-time tactical heresy. We're going to put a link in the show notes. They've changed some of the rules so to uh, be in place for 2.0 now. So that's going to be a lot of fun. And that, I believe, is coming up at some point in November. So make sure that you click in the show notes and have a look for that. Um, we don't have a whole lot to talk about other than news and stuff, but I will remind you. If you're not, you can come and join our Patreon. We've got a tip jar on there, so just throw us a couple of bucks every month to say thanks. We like what you're doing. We want to support the cast, help keep the lights on, uh, keep the servers up and running, and all that sort of jazz. But in doing so, for every month that you're a Patreon, you get a draw, uh, a ticket into our raffle uh, that's going to be happening at the end of the year. We have some prizes up for the raffle, such as an Age of Darkness box uh, a couple of boxes of mark three and four marines some rhinos some plastic sakarans lots of good stuff and every month you pay is a month you get a ticket and then at the end of the year we work it all out and we're going to do a draw so there's lots of chances to increase or even start a new heresy army or other army that i'm not going to talk about but go to the discord to find out so subtle <laughs> oh yeah, I'm subtle like a brick to the head, mate. I mean, if I don't do it any other way, it's never going to get across. Um, is anybody working on something tonight, Freddie? You working on stuff? Uh fuck yeah, I'm working. Uh, well, th- this is not really her. Well, it's kind of heresy related, more separatist related. If it's not heresy, it's heresy. So it's heresy. It, it is heresy. I am yeah. actually <laughs> because uh, my son, uh, he, him, and his mate, we were um, kind of going to go for hockey practice. Uh huh. And uh, they were walking around, and he's like, oh, look at my old man. He has all these toy soldiers, blah, 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 blah. I was like, do you know he games with them? And then he goes into this hobby store and flexes how many toy soldiers he have and how well-painted they are. (laughs) And I was like, okay. And then, well, we can play a game if you want to. And they tried to play a game, and I played, like, uh, the 2.0, Horus Heresy, but we used my old fucking second edition Space Marines that I gave him. He has, like, boxes of them. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, he's like, oh, now, and now he keeps asking me he wants to play. And then uh, we, he looked through my, my Bad Up War books because I, was, <clears throat> I had them on the couch and my computer. Reasons. <laughs> for reasons. And, and then he looked through it and then he saw the Tiger Claws and he's like, oh, I want, I want them. They're cool. Like, I, I want to play them. Can't you build me, a, can't you give me some of your dudes and build me a force? 
So I went through all my old stupid like uh, Black Reach Marines and <laughs> whatever shit I have lying around. And currently I'm building five Terminators for his uh, Tiger Claws. Very nice. Good. Very nice indeed. We have autumn break next week, and he's gonna. He wants to learn how to paint them, and they're black nice. and yellow. So I think that's very easy and forgiving. The first way to learn how to paint something. Awesome. I hope so. That sounds like he's gonna have a lot of fun with that, mate. And then he wants to go to Hobbypunkten and play <clears throat> that other thing. That other thing. The thing we're not talking about just yet. And he he wants to team up with his old man that plays sort of on the same side as the Tiger Claws. <laughs> nice mate that sounds genuinely sounds freaking awesome i'm really glad to hear that henry you working on anything tonight dude or are you just joining us in the in the chill no no i am i i don't do terribly well multitasking but i am i've got a necromunda campaign weekend coming up in two days or whatever and i'm frantically trying to get my gang finished for it so painting escher at the moment nice and working on a mince pie here and there as well no, no, mince pies were before recording. I have a professional. No, you wait till you finished. Unlike some. <laughs> Shut up. I wouldn't dare attempt to eat a cracker or indeed any food with Pele on the cast. So uh... No, no, just as was... <laughs> I'm very sure that I'm never going to consume food within 50 feet of Pele again, just in case. <laughs> you have to give an explanation one day, but not today. Uh, well, not today. Not <laughs> yeah. spoiling it. Not spoiling it. We'll do it another time. Necromunda and, uh, and loving it. Slightly nervous about, about how much I'm going to enjoy it. That makes sense. You can, you can have a great time, mate. Yeah, I, I really, I think I really, really am. So yeah, uh, yeah. You, you need to um, get on our Gorka Morka campaign instead. Oh, mate, don't like. <laughs> just, there's just there's too much nostalgia. There's too many good things coming right now. If they drop Gorka Morka, the old world, and Epic next year, that's it. I'm, I'm done. <laughs> you're dead. Is it? We're gonna die, or you're gonna quit your job and just. It's gonna divorce, <laughs> put his kid up for adoption, and then. Uh... <laughs> It's like, don't get me wrong, I love all the nostalgia, I really do, but they haven't done my three, like, absolute number ones. Um, but it's been, it's been, to be fair, it's been a good year. New heresy, new uh, new chaos models, new fantasy chaos models. Oof, yeah, it's a good time right now. I'm finally Necromunda. I've, uh, it's, I've not played the... I used to play a lot of the first... Well, sort of the first, you know, the edition. The edition everyone played when they were a kid. Yeah. Um, but I've not I've not actually played any since it was re-released back in 2017, I think it was. But I've sort of picked up most of the models of they as they've come out, most of the books, sort of read the stories and things like that. So um, yeah, I'm really excited to to be playing a, a campaign with it all. So nice. I will I will fill you in hopefully next time I'm on and, and let you know how it went. Well, you're not going to get away with it now. You're going to have to fill us in next time. I know, on. right? That happened sooner rather than later. That's the only thing. <laughs> Pele, are you working on anything, bud? Or yeah, um, and like Freddy, it's it's not heresy, so it is heresy, isn't it? That is it. If it's not heresy, it's heresy. Yep. Yes, it's that thing. You have to go to Discord to find out. Yeah. Um, let's call it some kind of uh, Greek Space Marines then, <laughs> and bronze and red Greco Space Marines. I like the sound of that. That sounds that sounds interesting. <laughs> I, I'm guessing there might be a degree of bronze involved or something. Bronze and red, yes. Well, so I, I've there is a, there is a, a very there's two very three very strong links to the heresy, isn't there? Because I I was convinced convinced that they were Alpha Legion, right? Absolutely convinced of it. But supposedly 
one of the Forge World guys has come out and said, no, they're actually Iron Warriors, like like whatever the word is, primogenitor, the Iron Warriors are. Um, and I was like, oh, well, fair enough. That's cool, that's cool. But then someone recently told me something about um, Moloch being a um, an Eternal. Ooh. Is this right? A perpetual, rather, not an eternal. Get my fan fandoms right. Say. It's yeah. Supposedly, supposedly, he's this perpetual, which I didn't know about. Asterion Moloch. It's in one of the um. It's in some some story, which is pretty uh, cool. Now we need that, to Google this. Yes. Know, right. But that will be coming our spin-off, our spin-off podcast. So yeah, anyway, we'll yeah, talk okay. about that later. That'll be that'll be the Varangian Heresy After Dark, or find out on Discord. Yeah, um, <laughs> but I have also working on uh, some heresy. Nice. Uh, tried a um, new color scheme for my Blood Angels, mm. which looks really good, dude. Yeah, it looks great. Seriously. Yeah, I'm happy with the results so far. You approved, so it's approved, I guess. So I'm going to continue with that squad. Uh, the thing is, with my Blood Angels, I do have a Blood Angels army. But yeah. uh, the first units are very much pre-airbrush and oil skill. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the later units are very much uh, more skilled, mm-hmm. both mm-hmm. airbrush and uh, oil. So it's a very big difference in the unit quality painting. So I wanted to step up a little bit to make... Uh, I'm going to make some troop choices for my army so I can play with it, actually. Nice. So that's what I'm doing. Very cool. I like the sound of that. I gotta say, I'm 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 not directly working on heresy because I'm try- I've got to wrangle all this for the recording. However, uh, I am working on at least one two event packs for people for heresy events and stuff that are coming up, and a few other bits and pieces. As soon to work on some fucking English skills for me. Yes, well, that's by and by. I mean, I'm, I'm always happy to do that, but. <laughs> But no, it's, it's, uh, I'm working on some extra uh, bits and pieces for some other heresy events. So it's heresy, not our heresy, so therefore heresy. Um, yeah, gets there in the end, basically. <laughs> so lots of heresy stuff going on, which is awesome. Um, and we are going to get to talking about our main topic very soon. But we're going to shuffle ourselves over, or basically spin on the spot, whatever we want to do, as we approach our news desk. And we're going to talk about some of the news that's come out over the last well, couple of weeks. Shuffle, shuffle my papers. Yes, shuffle. But I really should have a paper shuffling sound effect. Um, but we've got a list. We've got a few things that are directly uh, heresy. One thing that isn't. And then, you know, something that's a bit of a just update more than anything else. But we're going to start off with... We got new Predator tanks coming out. Mm, got the Predator oh. support tank. Let the lions out. Let them out. This is so cool. So, yeah, the first of our new Badab releases for this uh, <laughs> this month is the Demos Pattern Support Predator. That's and awesome. Isn't it pretty? I mean, seriously. Isn't it just? It is It is gorgeous. I mean, we. I know when... We covered the release of the original, the original Predator tanker release, the or new Predator tank. We plastic. Were the pla- in plastic, yes, thank you. Uh, we were wondering how they were going to do this um, because. Well, then know. we were excited it was fucking Volkite on the Predator. Mm. Well, yes, we were as well, and then it, now. It's but like... we were sad because we were missing the stupid plasma thingy. The well, missing the stuff. plasma thingy. We've got a what well, looks is that a grav option now? Yeah, you got uh, 
Conversion beamer. Conversion beamer and a beamer melter. Neutron blast. Neutron blast. That's the one. Mm, that's very cool, right? Yeah. And that's the thing that does the stun. Is that a stun type weapon? Am I right? Is that one neutron blaster thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The locker, the one that locks. It's like the most heavy graviton gun, isn't it? Yeah, I believe so. Oh. Didn't there used, there used to be one, didn't they, on one of the little succumbs or something? Is it, is, is it one of those ones where it's like if you hit a tank, you're gonna do? It's like in Titanicus and stuff. Where as long as you hit it with like quake, something's gonna happen, even if you don't sort of damage it and stuff, right? Yeah, you think you're thinking of the um, not shell shock, but it was the. Um... It's where you can lock down a Titan with the, mm, uh, with mm. the old uh, Sakara. So is that, what, is that what it does on the Predator? Uh, I don't think so. Oh. Uh, my, my rules are upstairs. Okay. I don't know the rules quickly enough, but I'll tell you what I will do. Whilst we keep talking about it, I will find out for us. Um, How do you guys feel about the, the kits being split now um, between... Yeah, it, it appears anyway this... This is a, a trend now, right? So yeah, because you had it with the Leviathan, didn't you? Mm. Yes. Where you had like a fucking uh, support Leviathan, and you had mm. this good, but yeah, I don't. Uh, normally, you buy one Predator and you get all the options, but you can't. Now you can buy a tank and get the weapon you want. I guess the spawn. You never. The thing is, though, like the, the, sometimes you used to be able to get a kit and get all the options, but that was often when the options were like two or yeah. three things, right? Like, there's like 10, is it, or something for the Predator? Yeah, my, exactly my point. You know, yeah. I need a Predator, hmm. and I, I can buy a tank a kit with a Predator and get whatever one oh, I, I yeah, want. Yeah. Yeah. I want a Flamestorm cannon, I buy kit away, this hmm. kit. And if I want last cannons or whatever, I won't buy the hmm. other kit, I know what I get. Hmm. The other thing we'll do is to have a extra sprue. But that means I have to buy... A tank and a sprue. I don't know if mm. that better. Mm. This is probably mm. better. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see if, if it goes... Because I know with the Leviathan, didn't they make the sprues available separately as a separate purchase? Am I right? You can, you can buy a, a Siege Assault Leviathan or you can buy a Range Leviathan, but you can also individually buy the weapons spruce, right? It makes sense because they can have one close combat arm. Mm. Mm, but also, you don't. You only get one of each range weapon. So if you want a dual wield, you 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 need it again. But I'm wondering if that's what we'll see with the predator now or not, or whether the fact that you know they've gone out and called it the support one. I don't know. It's gonna be interesting. I was gonna say. I've been. I first off just checked. It's the neutron blaster, 24 inches range, strength 10, AP one, heavy one, concussive three, a shock pulse, sunder, and gets hot. Well, that's a lot of rules. It is a lot of rules. Shock pause, wasn't it? And I, I've got to be honest, I, yeah, it's the shock pause. I've got to be honest, I couldn't off, off the top of my head tell you what shock pulse does, um, but it does sound exactly like what we're talking about, and that's purely because I haven't played with them. Yeah, but it has got gets hot as well, and that's way oh, more yeah. dangerous now than before. Isn't it just? Mm. God, that's scary. Um, it really is. But I, I think what I like about this is you've got the... If you think about it, you, you can literally plan out... A an armor breakthrough list mm. with your you know your standard predators and their builds. You can then get your support rhino support predators, you know, in a box straight away and know what options you're going to have there. I mean, like if I still had my Iron Warriors list, for example, I'd be buying these over the normal predator because I just like to run the plasma, mm. and I'd be interested in the neutron blaster and potentially 
you know, I'd be interested in the whole range if I'm honest, but it, it's the fact that it's in a box and they all seem to fit. Yeah, it's cool. They they all feel like weird special weapons in this kit, don't they? Like, yeah. Whereas the other one was very much the battle tank, right? Like, it's like these yeah. are all yeah. shoot you in the face with, with lasers or solid slugs and that's it. Like this is a lot more like esoteric and weird. Specialist. Conversion yeah. beams. Yeah. Can you put conversion <laughs> beamers on the sponsor? Uh, oh. I don't know about the sponsor. Hang on. Oh. Oh. I want all conversion beams. You've got Henry. You've got Henry thinking too hard now. That we could have an aneurysm here if we're not careful. It was things like the conversion beam. Like that's when I think that's what I loved about Forge World. Like with Badab and with Heresy and stuff was when we started to get these these weird new weapons coming in. That was the most exciting for me. But and now it's like just oh yeah, conversion beamers. They've been around forever. It's like well, you know, there was for a long time they weren't. You know, sadly you can't, Pella. You can't take sponsons, but you can take heavy flamers, last cannons, or volkites. So I mean, you know, or you can go full burner nation as well. Yeah, full turbo burner. Oh um, yeah, lovely. I mean, what? Yeah, literally. I mean, you could take the neutron blaster and have a couple of last cannons for long range and still hit just as hard or whatever. So now we've got all the options. What's your favorite looking one? Go. Plasma. Always has been, always will be. Ready? Conversion beamer. Mm, you're a man of taste. Hello? Yeah, good question. I take the melter. Nice. Mm, nice. Also a man of taste. Henry? Mm, not bad. Um, I love the twin, pla- uh, twin las from the battle tank. I just, oh, I don't yeah, know. yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, uh, up, 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 up. on these then, on this group, seems oh, on this particular group, um, yeah. oh, the the flamestorm cannon. Like, if 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 I can stick fire throwing things on things, I'll stick them on. <laughs> Why aren't you playing salamanders? I love the well. That's I've told you about that off air. I I, I painted a salamander's army, didn't I? And then. Yeah. A certain incident occurred, and I no longer own a salamander's army. Yeah. Did it fail you? I, I I think other people is um I was I loved them I loved the background I loved mm-hmm. the color scheme everything and then they finally got their first heresy novel like goodness knows how many into the series and I really hated it like I hated it hard yeah. to the point where I stripped the models and repainted them as ultramarines that's fair mate seriously yeah I was like considering how good I felt the novels had been up to that point generally like there's obviously people have their favorites don't they and there's there's one in particular that i know wasn't well received before that but like it, it felt to me like every legion that had got their book like it had added so much to them and they were it was i was so fucking excited about it and then we got in my opinion a very very disappointing uh book so yeah stripped them start again oh, they, they they found new life that's harsh they found new life but yeah <laughs> I gotta admit, it's it's uh, the 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 Predator tank range is just chef's kiss. I mean, it is, it's just perfect. I can't, I can't, I genuinely can't find a flaw with it myself. Um, I mean, okay, just to say, associate Pellet, maybe they could have had you know, um, op- sponsor options for um, grav. Uh, grav or for the um, what you call it, okay, oh. Vol- no, the long one, the long the conversion beamer. There we are. <laughs> so you could have had a full conversion beamer, gunboat, laser. But we did get more options, right? So I know yeah. we could have had even more, but we did get more, didn't we? This in second edition, there's like a, a handful. 
perhaps it's just to ease his backfield yeah. with a point and click. Mm. Mm. I mean, we've got lots of options, and I also like the fact that they're all under one entry in the rule book, mm. which makes life a lot easier because um, it's also very easy to start giving everything, you know, like they call them the support predators. Oh, look, we've got a support predator. It's exactly the same thing. It's just got yeah. different options. It's like, no, nah, here's... It just suggests what the role is, doesn't it, rather than yeah. telling you how to how, what you have to do. It's. I think it's... You don't, I don't suppose you don't see it as much, right, with them being 28 mil, 32 mil scale models and stuff. But, I mean, I've seen a lot of heresy events and some of them do look like car parks anyway. But, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think you would see it an awful lot if you were to play it at, say, epic scale. But having all these options for these predators you know my mind's very on bad ab at the minute just because that's what i'm we're talking about and thinking about mm-hmm. and to me like a, a a predator that's you know not a normal predator but even a, a basic predator with the with your auto can on top that's still quite a focal model in a 40k marine army oh yeah um and it's it's one of those things that that really separates the the timeline isn't it is whereas where that the, these were throwaway tanks really these were like your mass produced you know fill plug the gaps t72 yeah right yeah. exactly um yet you know ten thousand years later they become these relics and these these prized things but actually it was like oh have you been you've been seconded to the predator to the uh squadron oh never mind what, what did you do what did you uh who did you piss off like you know <laughs> the, the sakar and chads are just racing by them um it's uh yeah but it's just amazing that there's all these all these options all these cool things and they are a largely expendable tank yeah they are it, it, like you say it, it is just a massively different mindset mm. and the thing is what kills me and i'm probably going to get shouted out shot at by somebody for this i still i, I even prefer the razorback turret over, oh, a predator, over a predator turret, if I had the choice. But if do you I mean the it? one with the dude sat in it, though? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, second edition. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. If I had, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. If I had the choice, if I could physically get <laughs> away with it, I'd have Razorback turrets on my predators in Heresy, just because they would be so cool. The listeners, the listeners just heard three forty odd year old or four forty odd year old men get excited. <laughs> well, why couldn't you do that? Just. This game is a it's a for, forge world isolated for a while. They run out of parts and constructed that. Thing. Honest to God, just because they're fucking expensive to get hold of. Didn't it happen? Um, <laughs> Model wise, I mean, didn't it? Didn't it occur? It occurred during the siege, right? Didn't Jagatai Khan create create the first one during the siege? Oh, that that was when it's a deep thought. Yeah, he used to have a Razorback as his mm. fucking uh, <laughs> dedicated mm. transport. I wonder if we'll see that in one of the uh, one of the novels. Oh shit! Now I'm gonna have to go and do that. But it ha- it has to have uh, a twin link plasma gun and a last cannon. Of course, yeah. Otherwise, yeah. it's heresy. Right. Okay. I, I, we we this is going to turn into an episode about predators. We'll save that <laughs> for another day because that will actually make a really good episode. But what we will jump to, and I know it's going gonna... to. And Eric's not on this one, is he? So. Yeah, it's true. Uh, and something that's going to really um, make one of our one of the, the uh, one of us here smile. They've got Blood Angel upgrades that have been released. And you know what? It actually looks good. They look fucking good. <laughs> they do not. They are not on a scale of like wolf head to ten. 
they are definitely up towards the 10 mark because Absolutely. they're really fucking gorgeous, actually. I've got to admit. Yeah. Um, Go on, Pella. You're the Blood Angel, dude. What's your, your, your thoughts on these? We start with the helmets. Yeah. Uh, I think there is bling enough without the bling taking over. Nice. There are some guys with a kind of gem in the head. Some sort of gem, yeah. Um, gem in the head. Um, but it look Blood Angels enough without being too cartoonish or too blingy. That's what I think. You can always uh, paint it darker, duller if you want. Yeah, you don't have to be gold and have some kind of purple paint on it. I don't know. Exactly. You, you can do it like black or something. Tone it down. Yeah, I think they look good. Absolutely. Yeah. The sergeant helmet. Yeah, I was going to say what you thought of the hel- the hel- the uh, character helmets. Yeah, the thing on the head, sure, they look like that. But the thing in the forehead, perhaps a little too much. But hey, you can't get everything. And the other sergeants got a really good hair day, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> Standing there on Terra with waves in his head. <laughs> it's Jamie fucking Lannister. Uh, it's Nikolai Costa Waldo or whatever it is. It's, that's who they've done it on. Sure. I think it's pretty good that they don't have a standard Astartes boldness anymore. They actually have hair. <laughs> so I think it's, it's good enough. It's like eight of us. Well, he's taking hair trips from the Emperor's children. Ah, that's why. Let's, that's let's, why. let's be fair. Let's be fair. In the heresy, I think that's what the whole problem was. In the heresy, they had too much hair. That's why it was an issue. Speaking as a bold man, um, you know, by the time they got to 40k, everybody's got shaved heads. Everybody's compliant. Every, all, the, all the chapters are doing great. The guys who had fancy hairdos are fucked off to the Eye of Terror. What are you going to do? Yeah, but can you imagine how much it would itch in, in your helmet with all that hair? Yeah, that must be a nightmare, man. Oh, yeah. How would how would the Fulgrim or um, Eidolon, Matt? Well, okay, maybe let's not go down that route. They probably enjoyed that shit. Well, they they had just uh, holes on top of their helmets where they just had their like. It's <laughs> not crests. It's not crests. They had a ded- a dedicated servitor to pull their <laughs> pull their hair through. They, they had a dedicated glam squad. Yeah. Imagine end your life as a servitor, hairdressing servitor for a yeah. angry chaos marine. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, just cut a hole, pull the ponytail through. <laughs> Done. Sorted. Yeah. And the shoulder pads are good. Yeah? You like the shoulder pads? Yeah, it's nothing to complain. It's clean and no dull. It's hmm. yeah, they have a I have a painted drop red, but mm-hmm. in a bright color. Yeah, gloss. Yep. Mm-hmm. But, uh, otherwise I'm I'm happy with it. I think yeah. they look good. Nice. They make uh, I, I got a bit just personally, I like I said, I really like the heads. I actually I'm kind of with you, Pele. I think like there's a bit, maybe a bit too much on the foreheads with all the ge- like the gems and the gold. Go one or the other, maybe like yeah. But you can always paint. Yeah, you could do lots with it. I them. think in a photo like this, the paint it to you want to react a little bit when you look at it. Yeah, I would perhaps do more black, mm-hmm. black and gold. Nice. Um. Not purple anyway. Perhaps I don't know if you wanted to. You have green lenses. That's blood angelish. Would you have green gems? That's probably stupid, right? No, they used to huh? do green gems quite a bit. Um, okay, yeah. do green, but something like that. So it's workable. It's um, it's not space wolf. So that's good. <laughs> I like them. Yeah. No, it's fair. It's fine. You got you got to get that kick in where you can because it's legit. Um, it's worth 10, 10 space wolf feds is the our final verdict then yeah nine, it's worth nine. nine space wolf heads can't we've got to leave room for got to leave room for perfection 
Yes. Yeah, it's not as good as the Empress Children one, I have to agree. <laughs> well, that's the immediate upgrades. There is stuff up for pre-order, um, and that it, it, it's a bit timey-wimey by the time that we record this, so this stuff may already be up for sale. But Are you talking looking... about the dwarves? Well, <laughs> for the space squads. Oh, oh. <laughs> I wasn't. Sounds like we are now. But those. <laughs> what do you mean, my new militia army? <laughs> yeah, I've already paid for my militia army. Otherwise, this would be my militia army. Because I am, I am too, too in love with those miniatures. Yeah. The background is wonderful. The artwork is amazing, and it's, it, it. They're just. Oh, I just I, I'm I'm building an army of them because I can use them as I say as I can use them for militia. I just yeah, huge fan. I love the the model the Grimnir model, which basically mm. looks like a space druid with um, floating tactical bolt gun <laughs> servers next to him, and he has the most. And I swear to God, honest to God, the most awesome tactical rock possible. Oh, it's incredible because he's rock. floating yeah. on one of them, <laughs> and it's like it's like we're going to take the tactical rock and we're going to take it up a notch. You can't do that. You're crazy. Takes part of it away. He's floating. Dear God. Um, yeah, man. They just yeah. it's it's they are. I was unsure when we first saw them, and I think like like we often are, aren't we, when we see yeah. the paint jobs that aren't necessarily our cup of tea. Um, and then I got obviously we got sent something for work, and I was just like, oh dear. <laughs> I was like, oh dear. Like they're just. I think about them a lot. <laughs> darling, darling, lock, lock away my credit card. Um, put it, put it in the deep and, safe. And I think it's the fact that I very much view Heresy Second Edition as as effectively just a, a version of 40k rules now, right? Yeah, yeah, a way of playing 40k. And when you've got, also when you've got things like the the guys out in Oz doing their various uh, Xenos books as well, and add that it all adds to it. But Militia is such an easy. Uh, or I suppose solar. I mean, they're, they're very, they are heavily armored. You know, they are in environmental suits. I suppose you could, you could run them as solar. I don't know. Like survivor but, of the dark ages. Yeah, I, I think, I think militia is a bit more fun. But the I missed the fucking quilt jacket. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. This is upsetting me. Oh, but dude, it, the 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 background is so great. I well, I really like the background for them. Like it's it's made them really interesting and and they totally fit like um that it, it would totally make sense to for a legion to come up against them you know all i have to say is and because this wasn't what i was planning on focusing on but i will say this before we move on to what i was thinking about has anybody do you guys ever remember watching jason the wheeled warriors cartoon did you ever mm. see that mm. No. Oh, look it up, Jason the Wheeled Warriors. <laughs> You'll see what I mean when you look at their vehicles and look at the Votan vehicles. They are perfect for each other. Um, yes. Anyway, what, we weren't going to focus on the space dwarfs because they're awesome, <laughs> but we have. But we've got. That's, yeah, like uh, Henry said, first time you see it, oh, that's not real squads. They don't look like that. But the more you look at them, and the more you get to like them. Yeah. I, you know, imagine painting these fuckers. I demand airships and trains. <laughs> yes, airship and trains, of course. But imagine painting them in an old school armor, like uh, yeah, red and red and green or something, red and yellow. Yeah, trust me, there are so many, so many things out there. 
I, I think we're going to see some, yeah, I think we're going to see some really fantastic things over the next year, like as, as they're more remodel. But mm. my only issue is perhaps it's because I work in the, um, what I work with, when those strikes, they yeah. look like cleaning machines, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I really, it bugs me yeah. a lot. Yeah. Give me yeah. a option to put wheels on them. Mm. Yeah. Well, I'm sure I'm sure there will be someone out there if they haven't already produced producing, you know, alternate alternate ways for of propulsion, <laughs> alternate methods of not propulsion, but whatever it is for for your for your for your squat trikes. Um, but I think it's cool, man. Like I, again, it's it's this whole idea of Heresy Second Edition. Like uh, you know, I loved Heresy First Edition. I loved the models for Heresy First Edition. I loved it all, but I had ten years of it. Like now I'm ready for second edition to be new stuff. And like the thought of seeing my, you know, a, 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 a Legion army made up of mostly of the new miniatures versus a, a militia army that's using the lots of the Votan models, you know, and, and maybe someone's running a demon army with some of the newer chaos stuff and things like that. And it's just like, this is exciting. Like this, cause it, cause it feels very new. You know, we, we, we won't have seen that in heresy first edition. Um, so yeah, very excited, and it's so nice to have like stuff to talk about in this segment yeah. now, right? <laughs> so for years, it was oh, there was one rumor about maybe us getting a helmet in six months. <laughs> it's very true. This is very very true. And I mean, yeah, the thing is, like oh, fours like us, we want you know squats with quilted armor, flat mm. gadget, and mm. you well, need, we need some time to adjust. But it's yeah, good. that is true. <laughs> I refuse change. Yeah, well, that's true. Uh, all I was going to say was the basically the upgrade kits for the Death Guard and the Blood Angels, the Predator Tank, Corswain, and the Death Guard Praetors are up for pre-order. Um, mm. And I think that was Sunday just past, so the 23rd of October. Yeah. So um, that that's the latest there. But the one other thing I want to talk about, since we're talking about militia and other relevant units, is the new 40k Rogal Dawn tank. Hmm. Because I have got my fingers crossed, we could find a way of bringing that over to thirty k. Ideally, as part of a militia army. <laughs> Seems we're talking about militia. Yeah, I mean, you you just run it as a as a Macaria chassis, wouldn't you? Something like that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I just I genuinely like the model, and it immediately made me go, "Ooh, militia heresy, yes, please." Well, that's it, though, isn't it? You know, we've seen, we've also possibly since the last episode seen all the new Cadia stuff as well, right? Yes, yeah. we did. Talk so, about that and, and again, we've got that. You know, how exciting is that to think that we've got militia armies coming now? Oh yeah, um, it's it's cool. Yeah, so go on. What what are your thoughts on the tank, then, Jody? You're a fan. I'm a massive fan. I mean, I, I genuinely am. It, it sort of feels like the guard version, uh, as Jay put it, JP put it. It's the it's the Kratos was the large gun platform that the Space Marines needed, like mobile gun platform below a super heavy. This feels in the same vein to me. It's a gun platform. It's a big tank. It will be. It is feels like it's just a level below super heavy. You know, big sponsors, multiple guns on the front, multiple you know big cannon options, and if nothing else, it's got some really cool extras with all the sandbags and all the other bits and pieces. So it'd just be a joy to paint. Um, but yeah, I would very much like to see this in in Heresy as well. 
So, but not yeah. big enough to the guy to stand on the actual tank and not inside <laughs> it. Apparently not, but I wasn't going to go into that much detail on it. But I mean, what do you guys, Henry, uh, Freddie, what do you guys think about it, honestly? Well, I think I think yeah, I like it. I like the look of it. You know, yeah. the visible road wheels, for example. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it looks really good. It's something I've been bugged about against Workshop's tank that the road wheels are covered in one way, yeah. mostly. So it looked like a more modern tank. And the USP is like the drawback of these weapons absolutely everywhere. It sound mm-hmm. looks like a bit silly, but uh, it's, a, it's a good design as a tank, as a vehicle it is. Mm-hmm. I like to say the add-on, the sandbag, the extra roll with on the turret and stuff like that. You can do a lot of cool modeling with it. Yep. And... Just that all that four or five weapons in the hull makes mm. it look, you know, yeah, it's three plus four. Two in, the, two in the turret and three in the hull, right? Mm. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, it's what's, uh, you've got two, either it looks like two heavy stubbers or flamers at the, on the um, very front of the hull. You've got what looks like uh, a mini demolisher cannon or. Uh, mini I don't gun. think it's a. I don't think it's a mini one, dude. I think oh, it's. I might, but I, I can't get the sense of scale on it. That's the thing. It's <laughs> called a mini one. So. Oh, okay. Oh, it is. Is it? Okay, great. Looks like I actually knew what I was talking about when I didn't. <laughs> um, and then yeah, you've got um, a turret mounted, uh, which I guess is like a. Uh, what is it like? Is it the coaxial style they've got? Like a... Two full size battle cannons or an yep. enormous oppressor cannon. Thank you. Somebody can actually read the information instead of me guessing. This is awesome. <laughs> and they've got you've got a, a cheeky coaxial auto cannon. Yeah. Yes, and a stubber at the back, and you know you've got your classic sponson. So there is a lot of guns on this bad boy. Oh, there you are. You're right, Freddie. It's a it's a pulverizer cannon, which is the yeah. demolisher cannon's slightly smaller brother. Nice. They've even got cool names for stuff. Or you can have one of those Punisher cannons in there instead. That's it. The minigun yeah. version is the Punisher mm. cannon. Yeah. So wow, lots of guns, and I guess you know, Freddie. What what are your what are your thoughts on this, my dude? Uh, well, obviously, I love the Macarius. It's like the yeah. sexiest model ever mm. done. Uh, Correct. So it's, hard, it's it's fucking hard to beat that one. Um, like, I I don't. The only thing like that really really bothers me because otherwise I think it's a good model. It's just two stupid fucking stubborn nipple mm. stubbers. The little Fuck. nipples. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, fuck them off. They they just retarded. <laughs> I mean, is, it, is it purely? I've got to ask. Is it purely because it's the stubbers, or do you like the flamer option, or just the, the actual placement of them makes zero sense? The, pl- the placement, like the fucking headlight nipples, whatever they are. <laughs> like, it's, who's it's, who's it's, firing those? Yeah, who the fuck are they? Are two guys lying on their bellies firing? Stick some tassels on them and then let it go. You know what I mean? No, no, I, I don't know. Because <laughs> it, it's like they didn't need to put those there. It just looks silly. Okay. <laughs> it's too much. Like it's already so many weapons. I like the gun platform, like you're standing back on the back shooting. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Even though it's also retarded. But uh, it's like it, it's just everything else is it's just like a, a Lehman Russ bigger bigger brother, which kinds of wonder why Roger Dawn uh Ro- Rogel is bigger than Lehman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I guess that's I don't know. Up to them to decide. But still, yeah. So you get those fucked off. Otherwise, the only drawback is it's a bit too roundish. Uh, but that's how we're moving in 40k now. We're going yeah. from squares to rounds. 
looks a little bit French, doesn't it? I was going to say, surely you lo- like someone. The other, someone said to me the other day they loved it because it looks like the Charvis, which which is right up your street, right? Yes. When you say no, Freddie, when you say mention it, it is a little bit Charvis in inspired. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, the it, it is all, all fucking tanks are like World War One or French tank inspired when it comes comes to forty <laughs> K. It's just I don't know. Get those nipple machine guns are retarded. That's it. Fair point point of view and it's it's very valid that but, that's all i care about but otherwise i, I uh, otherwise i i don't like i i don't i'm not massively against it and i think it will be like a cool the militia tank for for yeah. the heresy mm-hmm. yeah i mean that's why i included it because i think it's got a, it's got it's got militia potential written all over it basically i don't understand why they have the exhaust facing downwards though compared to everyone all the other tanks always had the exhaust facing upwards in the entire series. Maybe they don't want to gas the guy on the pintle. <laughs> yeah, he's got enough things to worry about without... <laughs> are you seriously telling me that the designers at Games Workshop are thinking like a human resource department on the Forge World? <laughs> oh no! Our tank crews are exposed. I, I would probably, like... It looks like you can flip them around anyway. It seems yeah. that they're just flat on that surface. I would probably flip them around, and then I would remove the nipples. Ouch! But yes, I understand. Yeah. Awesome. Well, that is that is the news for uh, all the the new releases and everything. Uh, we we always record on a Wednesday, so we will miss tomorrow, which is very much the last Thursday of, of October. Um, I very much hope maybe we see some PDF rules soon. Just say for the Forge World, please. Love you. Thank you. Can we have some uh, militia rules soon, please? Uh, some of us have large unpainted armies that they don't want to keep unpainted, but don't want to paint until there are rules. Just saying. And demons. Demons. I want demons. Forge World. Yeah. <laughs> well, we yeah, have rules for fucking Can- Cabana or whatever his name is. Cabana, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, why can't we just have rules for like his baby brothers? <laughs> it's, re- it's retarded. I want classic horrors that split in two when you shoot at them. Oh, yeah. Meta- metallic old school ones. Oh, calm so calm down now, Pelle. Calm down. Let's just get, let's yeah. just get everything out. It's not, it's not crisp bread. Bob, you okay? have to carry like... Five kilos of lead when you play the fantasy demons because you had like twice as many mm-hmm. blue ones. Yeah, it was a fucking yeah. hell to rearrange the unit as well. Uh, well, be careful, you might get what you wish for then. You never know. Uh, but that's it, that's our news. So we're going to spin away from our news desk, get a little bit dizzy, and bring ourselves back around. And we're going to jump onto our main segment tonight. Now, as I said earlier, we are talking about um, homeworlds of the. In this case, 31st millennium, or the 30k universe, and the impact that they've had on on their legions. Uh, It's very easy for us to, when we talk about heresy, to talk about Primarch did this, Primarch made this happen, you know, this is because of the Primarch, or this is because of X reason or Y reason, but very rarely do we really sort of have a look at homeworlds, because, you know, in reality, we we are raised by what's around us as much as what we are taught and told. Same thing goes for um, everyone, even in the far distant future. So it's going to be a bit of more open discussion, a bit more of a roundtable discussion tonight, rather than specifically being led in any one direction. Um, I am, however, going to sort of kick things off, and 
one of the worlds that we've talked about uh, when we were getting ready for this, um, and Henry, you made some really good points just before we actually came on tonight, is uh, the White Scars homeworld of Chagoras. Mm. Um, and I thought, actually, I'll, I'll throw it to, to you, Henry, because you did have some really good points, like I said. I think it'd be a good way to get things kicked off. So just tell us a little bit what you, what you had thoughts on when it came to Chagoras. Well, when we were talking about this as a, as a subject, I felt like Chagoris was a, a really good example of a homeworld that entirely shaped a legion and the, and the, the style of the legion, the style of its warfare, its culture, everything. Because, and whilst I think Chagoris is, is very, has very obvious comparisons and analogies with our <laughs> own, you know, his, history. Um, oh. I think, you know, I think Chris Wright did a very, very good job in in making that not quite as as painful as it could be. Um, but it it just it felt to me like no matter who the Primarch had been, no matter where the the uh, Terran recruits came from on on Terra, or later in the Heresy from you know wherever they came from, you know around the Imperium, it the it didn't matter. They were going to be Chigorian, you know, or, or the the their the style of fighting. The White Scars were were always going to be Chigorian, um, and I just think it's quite interesting when when we as as a I think it's the it's the purest example of that. You know, we see it with the 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 Terrans joining up, and they get you know they have to learn. Um, the the script uh Karchin, i think it's called isn't it they, they learn the the script of of chagoris they they get given a chagorian weapon you know when they pass out as it were um you know that they get given a name a chagorian name so there's there's this huge push towards it and obviously the khan you know jagatai takes on some appearance of someone from Chagoris, which is an interesting take. Um, you know, I, I think it's it's something we don't necessarily see a lot of in in the others. But it's he I think it's quite it was it would be quite easy for any Primarch, right, to have, have landed on Chagoris and to have been adopted into that system. Yeah. Right. Because they would simply have been a great warlord. Now they're all, you know, some of them are proper weirdos, right? But they're all warlords first, aren't they? Really, yeah. um, just in their own way. And you know, say Kurz had landed there, he—I'm sure he would have ended up being the great Khan on there. You know, perhaps he wouldn't have been quite so beloved and and this that and the other. But <laughs> you know, he—I he, think it would have been inevitable that he'd have been like that. And again, he'd have adopted that culture, and the same thing would happen, right? The the Terrans would come in and. And they'd be renamed, and and this, that, and the other. So, to me, Chagoris is is integral to the White Scars. You know, we we had that schism early on with them. You know, during the Heresy, where a, a larger percentage of those that wanted to side with Horus were Terrans, but there were still Chagorians in there. Um, but. It, 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 equally, you know, yeah, but that, like the reason they wanted to side with him was due to that stupid Trigorian uh, honor system, exactly. Right? Oh, so it, it, wasn't, it wasn't about them being like, oh, fuck Terrence or anything, like for Raven yeah. groups and stuff, yeah. So that you know, it's it just felt like 
Yeah, like the white Chagoris is the white scars, and white scars are Chagoris. No matter what else had happened, that was never going to change. Um, whereas I think there's other legions where uh, there's certain ones I think are almost the complete opposite of that, where it was just a planet, you know, and actually doesn't really matter. So yeah, that's why I thought Chagoris was an interesting one to start with. I mean, have you has anyone had a chance to read any of the? specific books um around the white scars from black library because i will say um although i've not been a huge fan of the white scars overall um some of the stuff you pick up in warhawk for example the siege of terror books because you talked about the the blades earlier mm. on the specific blades they talk about the whole process and that is exceedingly chagoras Hmm. there's so much reverence in it like you say it, it and it does really form not just the identity of the legion but a large part of the identity of the legionnaire themselves it, it begs that question doesn't it? it this idea of sort of predestined you know destiny or whatever for the for the for the primarchs hmm. and and the legions you know what what were the white scars intended as i i know they were like scout fleets weren't they uh, yeah. or, or pioneer yeah. fleets rather pathfinders right. for the yeah but that's kind of vague really isn't it it's not like it's it's not like a super specialist type thing um you know we saw with the raven guard you know they were they they changed quite a lot didn't they when Korax got hold of them and, and changed them around and stuff right well they're, they're, yeah exactly they were a bit more like uh, hmm. the codex or whatever like hmm. so you so what i wonder is is did was there a plan for the fifth legion? You know, was there a, a, a role that they were meant to fulfill and that Jagatai Khan was meant to fulfill? And was that like enhanced, exacerbated, uh, or subverted by him landing on Chigoris and then Chigoris having such a huge influence on the legion? What, 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 what would you think that role might be for them? Let's say, uh, let's say the heresy doesn't happen. Humanity comes into compliance. Where do you see? Well, the... it's not. It's not even heresy. Is it? It's, 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 let's say the primarchs don't get scattered. Okay. Yeah. Right. Because that's the only reason these homeworlds become the homeworlds. Right. They wouldn't be otherwise. They would be. Terror would be the homeworld for everyone. Yeah, and they would have uh, recruits for wherever they want. From from wherever, right? Except maybe yeah. the night lords, who clearly. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna get to those boys because they, they they put all the murderers in the one in the one legion because that's a good idea. Yeah, why not? Um, so, but but you see what I mean by that? That idea, like I I want I want you know in in um, Warhawk actually uh, they we 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 see that character. I don't want to spoil it for anyone because obviously it's a relatively recent book, but we we meet someone who was there and very heavily involved in the creation of the Primarchs and and their scattering around the the galaxy. Um, you know, did did that person know like where they were getting scattered to? Did they did they put them on these planets for a reason? And if they did, why did they why did they send Khan to to, to Goris? Um, because again it had such a huge impact on the Legion. Just asks a lot of questions. But if we removed all this swift uh, mm. night, no white scars. Sorry, um, the picture, the imagine of the white scars. We have a swift mm. uh, the Mongols. 
Hmm. What is his person? He's um, he's quite a philosopher, isn't he? he? Right. He's but but again, is that is that because the culture on Chigoris is that you know every warrior should also be a poet or whatever it is, should take up a noble art, right? Whether that's yeah. poetry or philosophy or something like that. So again, is it is it Chigoris shaping the Primarch rather than because I, I was I see what you're saying, Pele. I was like to me the the like he's a really good swordsman. Right, the yeah. the calm. That's that's like a a given, right? So was that his thing, you know? Or, or again, was he was he designed to be uh, very independent, you know, to 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 be very very sort of anti-establishment, you know, very independent and and sort of wanting to be an isolationist almost, maybe, yeah, maybe. Um, but it seems an odd, seems an odd role to have in there. Like it, and 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 that that created a lot of tension, didn't it, between him and the emperor? This this idea of the Khan's like, well, actually, you know, I'm all about tearing down empires, right? But his role maybe was to be a naysayer. Well, exactly, like it, exactly. But then there's there's that hypocrisy again, right? Of <laughs> yeah, but it's the emperor talking about of heresy, right? Um, you know, he's he's this this uh, you know doesn't want emperors and rulers and this that, but he subjugates his entire planet. You know, um, so I don't know. I don't know. I guess that's. that's <laughs> I, know, I, I would like to see Fulgrim land there. See mm-hmm. what would happen. Yeah, that seems to uh, switch to Primark, for example, Fulgrim right. or uh, the Curse landed there, what would happen? And put uh, the Khan on Nostromo. Oh, Chemos, where there was like fuck, fuck all happening. That could have been a very interesting one, Khan on Nostromo. I mean, I kind of yeah. feel like that's probably an entire other episode of, of let's put Primarchs on different planets. <laughs> it's our second great extra episode idea in this, in this entire part of this episode. Um... Yeah, we'll probably do that. <laughs> But I honestly, I can't think. I can't think of a Primarch that you that you put on Chigoris, and the White Scars don't end up being the White Scars. Yeah, you know, even even the ones you think of as being slow, or you know, if you think of Ferris or Vulcan or things like that. Actually, if you look, if you look at the other side of it, they're still artisans. They're still siege masters. You know, they're these these all of those things were venerated within the Mongolian or you know, Chigorian. We have to assume, right, the, the Chigorian yeah. um, well, culture. It, it, the, the red thread between all the Primarchs is that regardless of which planet they land on, uh, they become like a product of that planet. So you have like um, Lionel Johnson, he becomes like a knightly person because of the society on Caliban is like knights. You have the Khan, he becomes like the Khan because he lands in space Mongolia mm. and, and so on. So that doesn't happen with all of them, though, does it? No, no. There, there are actually, there's some planets that are actually super bland. Yeah. That's not, in fact, the, the Primarch at all. Like Chemos, Baal. What else are they? In, Inuit was fairly boring, wasn't it? Yeah. Like, yeah. I think Inuit was, was definitely a, was very much a boring one. That has nothing to do with my dislike of Rogel Dawn. Um, but it, it did feel that he, he gained his personality or lack his of lead, yeah. his, you know, <laughs> lack thereof, once they, they kind of more adopted the terror as a home world. Yeah. You know, with the whole yeah. heresy thing, it just, well, you know. You, you have Primarchs that have been shaped by going to terror. 
like mm-hmm. Rodgel Dorn, Fulgrim, Sanguinius, and so on. And then you have Primarchs that be informed by actually being at their homeworld, like, you know, mm. Lehman Russ, all those guys. Russ is a, a really interesting one, right? Because you, you've got the whole Canis, the Canis Helix thing, right? So you've got the wolfy teeth, blah, 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 wolfy this, wolfy that. But in one of the novels, and I believe it's the one where there's a, uh, it, it, it's, it's a bunch of, of blood claws um, have just sort of finished their first training or whatever, and they're all drinking. And one of them sort of staggers off into the into the warrens in 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 the fang and comes across russ um and russ sort of tells him a load of stories and it there's i think it's in this that story where he he alludes to the fact that he knows he's not fenrisian like he's that he plays up to it that he that he very much adopts that style of culture but it but it isn't whereas i feel like the Khan, for instance, is like that is he it feels so natural, right? It's it's he's he's he he very much is of Chagoris. Whereas there's this this line or this this couple of lines where where Russ actually speaks about not being of Fenris. Isn't it Ru- Russ shapes Fenris as much as Fenris shapes Russ? But this is it. So so it, it, even though you look at the walls and you think that might be a really a really simple uh uh comparison to the to the white scars right real similar legion in that sense you know but actually completely different you know fenris maybe didn't have that bigger impact as as you think it's just the whole wolfy thing gets so played up in a, in a complete not not to even get or mat- automatically get off target here but <laughs> I, in regards to that or maybe he is actually ross is doing exactly what fenris imprinted on him and raised him to do would just be a predator and play to the the assumed strengths or weaknesses of the person in front of him so that he gains the edge that's probably true mm-hmm. because that's if you think about and I, I most of my law for fenris comes from 40k mm-hmm. um and that's where i get a lot and i think actually fenris is a, a nice one to sort of transition into in a second but Going back to the role of the Khan, just very quickly, and I think it's something that, um, again, Chigoris as a planet brings out, is that I think even Rogel Dawn refers to him as just unbridled chaos. Mm. He is unbridled chaos and change in a way that Rogel Dawn could never understand because he was too regimented. And just like a you know wild horses, for example, they mm. go wherever they want, they do whatever they want, but they do it for there is a purpose behind it. Did that shape the Khan in that way, being of that free, the both philosophical and free range nature to to create someone who was a an agent of not chaos as in the warp, but chaos as in unpredictability and change, which is, um, you know quite counterpart to a couple of his brothers like i said dawn for one of them for example mm. um so is that is that something chigoris brought out on him out of him or like you said is that something that he was potentially programmed pre-programmed with and was placed on a planet that would then bring it out mm. i'd like to think that it was it's actually the part of the um the planet the home world in and of itself 
Yeah, yeah, and I, I, it's sometimes it feels really obvious, right? Like, <laughs> and, and it probably is. And maybe we're looking at far too deeply into this and trying to draw far too many conclusions, right? But that's the whole fun of it, right? Yeah. Um, and it's it. I'm just. I still think saying someone is a free spirit, they're fluid, they're this that, and the other. Yeah, it meshes well with with Chigorian. Oh, I will keep on such a with Mong. You know, historically, is what Mongolian sort of culture is is all about, right? But but they did celebrate lots of aspects of warfare. Hmm. Um, so you have to assume the Chigorians do, right? So I, it, it, I think it would have brought out the innate strengths of whatever Primarch had landed there. Hmm. Um, and yeah. Yes. Yeah, all Primarchs are warriors. That's mm. the purpose. But mm. all yeah. Primarchs had other qualities like engineering or administration or art or whatever. Mm. Was this this perfect combo by himself mm. or was it uh, the planet itself? Because um, if, if you were to put Khan on Fenris, for instance, I think I think you end up with a... I, I, again, I think Fenris did shape the legion hugely um, you know it's just <laughs> again is there's not a lot of terrans blah 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 but you sort of feel like okay well how does the calm fit into that then he's not like russ he's not this sort of big bullish feral alpha this that and the other but i could easily have seen khan ending up being like a a super mega wolf priest type character right or real rune priest you know yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That would be a that would be a different take. I like that. And and the wolves would still be the wolves, wouldn't they? Yeah. You know, they so so again, Fenris would would stamp its authority on that legion. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas you know, you stick stick the Khan on Baal or or Ultramar or or this, and actually, hmm, like what happens there? All of a sudden, you've got this free spirit, headstrong anti-authority figure growing up on on Ultramar. Well, he would end up killing his own father there. Right. To be patricide, yeah. And then and then what happens, right? And splittering the five hundred world worlds mm-hmm. and kind of divide them into different warbands, I guess. Is that what takes the is that what starts <laughs> the heresy in and of itself? <laughs> but what happened if you put Ross on um Figuris? Would he be the swift blade, or would he do something yeah, else? I, I think I think if Russ lands on Chigoris, the white scars are almost identical yeah, to how they that, how they end that's up. That's the point. They are warriors. Yeah. In mm. what's to which war on Chigoris are horses and swiftness. It's a flat mm. planet. There are hardly any. The one big continent, if I remember mm. correctly, mm. There so on. So it's Mongolia. The looks mm. it's flat. So you got your horses, you got the swiftness. So any Primarch are smart enough to realize that. Mm. So whoever landed there, even uh, the fake like curse, would probably figure out this is how to create and mm. and winning army. And they are intelligent persons. They are, in fact, Primarch. So I think mm. yes, that's the planet doing it. Uh, a lot of it. That the art side of him. Yeah, perhaps Ross could, Lima Ross could uh, write a poem. I don't know. <laughs> uh, Fenris didn't really give him a chance, did he? 
Well, Liam Russ really liked his sagas and stories. Yeah, he did, right? He 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 embraced. Yes, that's true. To have this sagas. <laughs> yeah, he embraced that side of that culture. Interesting point. That's true. They have the sagas and stuff on Fenris oh. as well. So perhaps yes. Well, I think I think what's interesting is you know if we keep what we know, so we keep the the Canis Helix or whatever it is in in Russ as well. If we keep keep that as a base, to me. I like the idea of that storytelling poet side of it, but I, I still feel that, yes, they would turn out the way they have, like fast moving, fast fighting, but I think they would have been far more martial focused on their, uh, instead of on their expression of mm. of art and, you know, composure and uh, and philosophy. And that's, it'd be far more martial focused than a philosophical base. And I think you would, you know, like you say, if you put, um, the Khan on Fenris, then that becomes the philosophical, not religious heaviness of uh, yeah. Orgar, but very much more like it's like spiritual um, paganism, whatever you want to, mm. however you want to talk yeah. about it. Because I don't want to put the wrong label on it, but it becomes more of that style of obviously. Uh, well, that's yeah, that's big, right? Because one of the things that stops the white scars falling to to chaos you know they they are a, a legion that uses psychers they they were pro psyker pro librarius all of this that you know they 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 recognize demons you know yaksha you know they 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 don't think it's nonsense like they they know this stuff exists they're very aware of it all but the discipline that is a uh, part of that chagorian culture prevents prevents them from you know drinking too deep as it were of it it would be very interesting you know you, you, like you're saying there jody like you you stick you know you you stick lorgar on fenris or the khan on fenris and uh, it, it feels you know there's this argument that fenris is this strange entity and it's not just a planet and mm. Yeah. It's that and the other entertainment that the world from the dark ages. Um, yeah, but it's it's you know it's like Caliban is a, is effectively a demon, isn't it as well? Like there's yeah. there's it's it would be very interesting to see if chaos was able to find its way into the wolves if if one of them was the primate there. Yeah, um, yeah. So if you put Magnus, for example, as a very psychic person mm. on the Caliban. Yeah, I mean that would they'd have been chaos within like days, wouldn't they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, but but then again, like uh, Magnus planet were full of warp entities. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and... yeah, it was. But but the the culture there was all about knowledge, fi finding out more, find out more, find out more, like push it, push it, push it. Whereas there was a lot more restraint on Trigoris, right? It was. You know, well, we know enough to know that we should keep that door shut. Whereas, yeah. whereas, you know, a, a thousand some would be like, yeah, but what if, <laughs> you know, that, that's, maybe? That's, that's the age old <laughs> argument, isn't it? That where they say they don't use the warp, mm. they use different powers. They, they tap into something different. Oh, and, well, on Fenris, yeah. Oh, with, yeah. Well, and, and the mm. White Scars as well. They don't, they don't automatically, they defend themselves by saying we don't, we're not warp psychers you know we're not tapping into that and that kind of goes to the point of what you just said is that they're they're very much aware 
Um, and I'm focusing more on Fenris now because I think well, I was going to say I think I think that is an important distinction though. Like like yeah. the the scars they do recognise the wall, but they're very much like we literally dip our toe in, and yeah. it lets us it lets us do some funky things. Whereas the wolves are like, nah, warp's bullshit, mate. It's all about it's all about the mountains and the and yeah. this and it's, the other. And it, but it is a very big distinct uh, mm. separation, but also very similar when you look at the two legions. And that's what I was saying. I mean, I mean, we talked about um, Chigoris being Mongolia. I mean, it's very clear that Fenris is supposed to be Scandinavia, yeah, uh, northeastern Europe. It's supposed to be, you know, Vikings and longships and you know all that sort of stuff. And again, if you read a lot of, I think it's Bill King's series on Ragnar uh, from the 40k time frame, it's it's beautifully described especially the the sort of recruitment process and everything but um again going back to the burning of prospero books um it's very um it, it's very very imperial imperium mm-hmm. um but it never loses its harshness it's it, it's you know its edge even mm-hmm. you know even when you're talking about like the there's Stories of um, you know going down to see not the room uh, not the, uh, are they iron priests in thirty k I can't remember but basically they're like tech marines and going down that you're talking about going down cut through dark stone and ice on the walls and all this sort of stuff even down where the massive forges are mm. it's a cold harsh planet and it really does sort of give that edge to the legion yeah that's an interesting point. Yeah, if you if you compare it to Shigur, so Fenris is never centralized. True. Anyway, um, I think fluff-wise, the space will keep the technology though to keep a competition between tribes, blah blah blah. But the nature itself is constantly flowing and changing. The continents mm. or land masses are changing, so you have can't have a centralization on it. Mm. And. Yes, yeah. If you compare that to like Gulman, who needs to build an empire, or Dorn and build an empire, who would those be on the planet that can't be centralized in the first place? I think uh, that's a really good point. Khan would handle it way more better than Russ. Yeah, Russ builds the Fang, doesn't he? Like, yes, it wasn't there. Yeah, I don't think so. Anyway. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, there is there is a, a a lot of history behind the Fang in and of itself. Mm. Um, I mean, again, I know we're jump. I'm jumping to future stuff, but like I said, you talk about the just the life on on Fenris. You know, you've got um, like tribes going to war over fishing, fishing um, spots and things like that. They talk about, you know, like what is it? I think it's like once every three to four years, the sun it, it rotates around the sun, and in doing so. It causes massive ice. All the fucking land masses. Yeah, all the massive ice flows and shifts. And, you know, you're talking... That shapes people. You know, there's, you, can't, you can't say that the fact that you're, you're the literal continent, even if it's made out of ice, is likely mm. to shift and move with you on it, doesn't have some effect on you. And again, yeah. I think it, 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 what I like about Russ... And the Legion as a whole is they they have that nomad edge to them, but it's a lot harder. I think that's that's what. But again, it would be it would be a similar situation, right? You drop most of the other Primarchs on there, Mm -hmm. 
And oh, the yeah. six the six legions still going to be the six legion, isn't it? Right, still yeah. going to be that. Still going to be the space. So so again, home world wins. Right, yes. two nil, two nil to the home worlds. Although yeah. with with the walls, I'm right that there's very very few Terrans is there. And once Fenris is reunited with whatever, they they stop basically, don't they? Um, it's, and then it only becomes from, from Fenris. Yeah. So. So let's let's look at planets where there's there's slightly more amb- ambiguity, I guess, with it, um, or you could argue like a real real conflict. So if if you take Caliban, right? Let's ignore the fact there's a demon inside it and, <laughs> and this and the other, right? So how dare you? How dare you? <laughs> again, it's you know we've got the the sort of tropes. It's it's a feudal. You know, it's 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 knights, it's monsters, it's Arthur and the Dragon, it's Germanic, it's you know, yeah. round round table, all that. Is it Germanic? Is that the type of knightly thing it is? Yeah, or is it Renault? Anyway, I would say I'd say this new for with giants of eye hand. But isn't that uh, if you go to Caliban, is in the beginning, isn't that a lot of different com- uh, competitive tribes? Yeah. So knightly orders. Yeah, you can argue that Caliban. Is a centralized, organized Fenris. Yes. Yeah. 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 Interesting. So, so again, it's an aggressive, you know. But I think that the thing I was the 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 reason I was suggesting Caliban was was that with the Dark Angels. So, so again, thinking about it's not just about the homeworlds. It's about you know the homeworlds and their effect on the the Legion or their, how they affect the Legion. Y- you had the first Legion, who were these you know the Angels of Death, the the absolute top tier this is what it is to be a space marine hundreds and hundreds of thousands of them with a with a vague knightly thing but nothing particularly knightly other than the fact that they're in massive suits of armor right they've got a few secret societies but again it's it's nothing to do with being knights right it's to do with being like super soldiers and just really hard and killing everybody and this that and the other so you so you've got the sort of and the third part of that legion of course is you've got the the very originals right so you've got the the proper angels of death ones who were a step above all the other space marines that were to follow yeah so you've got the te- the the terran so you've got the angels of death you've got the terran first legion which are drawn from all over you know they they're just good and then you've got the the Calibanite, uh element of the legion, which which brings this feudal knightly, you know, not so much the monastic thing, but certainly the the knightly thing with them. And it it's interesting, like because we read in the books, don't we, that there's actually there is conflict between those different parts. You know, it, it, it's, yeah, it's you know the, the the Calibanites win. Right in the end, you'd you you have to argue, um, because that's although even though it's the lion who wins and and unites and this that and the other, it it he it's the lion in the guise of the lion from Caliban, isn't it? He yeah. doesn't you know he doesn't renounce Caliban and all of its culture. Um, you know he takes that into the legion and and brings. You know, brings those elements out there, the Hecatonistica he- or whatever it's called, and the. Yeah, the secret societies and yeah, orders, right? orders and. 
you know he sort of takes the nuggets that are there and then and then turns them you know gives them gives them the caliban flavor but it's but i don't feel like it's as it's as it's as clear cut right like it's caliban had this influence in a sense you know forming them like that but was was caliban's influence far more insidious and to do with the fact that I said forget about it, but to do with the <laughs> fact that it basically is a demon and that it's got demons crawling all over it, uh, you know, warp, warp monsters crawling all over it, was that actually what ended up shaping the Legion the most? I don't know. I think it, it sorry, I was going to say, I think it has a very big impact on the Legion at the time where, it, okay, if we, we assume that it's basically a demon world, yep, but let's go with that, it's there. Um, I think it found. Okay, so Jody, your uh, your 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 leaders has fallen out, or or the the wherever it is demon. The, the world dragon, the demon. Has... <laughs> the demon, the demon consumed the demon consumes <laughs> me because it saw I was going to tell the truth, but I will not be silenced. <laughs> but what I was going to say is, it caught, it got them, it 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 influenced literally directly the 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 legion through the schism between um, Luther and the lion. So it had a more, almost a more psychological um, impact on the legion uh, in that way. Oh yeah, because it yeah. had it, it got its teeth into those who remained. You know, starting with you know Luther and and others, and sort of worked its way down. Where you get that whole separation in in the legion in and of itself. I think that's where it most definitely had mm. its its bigger impact. If you see what, if you understand, absolutely, what yeah, that's a much more succinct way of putting it. <laughs> that's why I was trying to silence me, and it cut me, cut my USB cable out. So yeah, that's why, and I stick by that. But yeah, so it's the it's the secrecy, I guess, is what we're saying. That's that that culture of of secrecy on there is 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 what influenced it. But I I feel like, but the dark kings are pretty secretive in the first place. They have the special weapons, special mm. tasks, special everything, all the way from Terra. Exactly right. So, it, so did was Caliban that key to the the nature of the Dark Angels? You I know? think Caliban was perhaps you know the the cloth to keep the secrets in, but mm. it could either be anything. Like, do you feel like the Dark Angels were going to end up like they were going to end up, regardless of Caliban? You could still be secretive. Mm, you could right. have been a secret guy on Chigoris as well, mm -hmm. but perhaps in a different way. Mm. Um, yeah. Yep. But the secrecy, I think, is not a planet. Then mm. it, the planet is a perfect place to hide secrets on, of course. Mm. Mm. Um, but the secrecy would be there anyway. Perhaps, perhaps not in a nightly way or anything like that, but yeah, they have special tasks for the emperor. They have the special weapons not ever, no one ever going to use uh, or or allowed to use, for example, and so on. So they have to have an amount of secrecy, and and then Caliban made it easier, perhaps. But still, I actually I actually think that Trigoris would have shaped a lot of uh, primarchs, but mm. I don't think it. Like, I think that Lion is one of those primarchs. That if you look at Caliban, any other other Primarch landing there would have been shaped into this massive knight and would only care about it. But as you see, uh, with the lion, he takes a little bit of Caliban, but he also enforces a lot of Terran stuff onto it. 
Mm. And, and I think that uh, out of all the Primarchs landing on uh, um, the White Scars planet, I think that the Lion would be one of the few that probably wouldn't be completely shaped by that planet. I'd have said Lion and Curse, probably the two that come to my mind. Uh, well, Curse was just ride around and kill people. Instead yeah, but yes. I, I, no, I just think it, for me, it's just something about his actual um, psychic foreshadowing that would almost go against what I would feel the culture would be on on um, on Chigoris. But I well, get what let's, you're saying. Let's go. Go on. You've brought him up. You've you've brought up the the curse the curse in the room. Let's yes, the curse in the room. One other thing I was going to say before we we look at the big pink curse in the corner. Uh, <laughs> when it comes to the planet shaping, I mean, don't forget that when it comes to the lion and the dark angels, the lion was alone on the planet for I think they reckoned about about ten years ish mm. when they actually found him. Yeah, like he was a, he was a man, right? He was a proper yeah, he was basically man when they found him. He basically him, right? went all Tarzan. Yeah, he was, and that I think is interesting when you then, like you said. Pella, you talk about, or Freddie, sorry, that you talk about how much of the Terran influence he brought in is whether or not that is because he was influenced by the planet. He saw what it could be, what it could do, and he decided to then bring that influ external influence in as maybe a stabilizing option, something to stabilize everything. And it, it didn't work, but it was just. I mean, if if you look at the difference between Shiguris, like uh, the Khan doesn't really bring in massive same same with uh, rust like they mm. don't bring in massive amount of uh, imperial industry mechanicum mm. stuff reshaping the planet basically the lion he just makes this uh well demon world slash death world mm. into like a normal world mm. yes like an imperial world and that's that's where you kind of get the whole schism between yeah, exactly. He just saves, yeah, saves the books that he wants, and he's like, "Yeah, fuck it, bulldoze the rest." Like, yeah. whatever yeah. doesn't matter. Eat it. We eat it. Yeah. We're done. Yeah, but you're mm. right. No, let's, let's let's go. Let's let's go and talk about Nostromo because that is. Well, I'm just conscious of how long we've been chatting. So. We're good, mate. Keep going. <laughs> Keep going. But let's talk about let's talk about Nostromo because that is. Um, that's yeah. a very very special case. I mean, like eight, yeah. 18th century Britain. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, it, it is. It's basically like you know. Please, sir, can I have some more? What? Yeah. yeah. Please, sir, can I have some more? What do you mean? You stole a piece of bread. <laughs> He's now dead. Yeah. Something like um, that. Yeah, I mean, it's. I mean, Freddie, uh, Pella, this this is like one of your boys and and your your sort of your legions. What what's your take on? Well, the whole Jack the Ripper is setting in space. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Jack the Ripper I think, Batman, yeah. I think we're a little too, too harsh against the curse here. Um, don't get me wrong, he flips out in the, in the end. But my point is, like I said, he ended up in a world that's, that's horrible. It's worse than anything. Yeah, I can't really see how you get that uh, planet to function with that production mm. thing and stuff. Anyway, he's alone. No one finds him. And sure, he hides out when he realizes what, uh, what kind of planet it is. And of course, that shaped him. He's, uh, he's, uh, he predestinated to be the judge, everyone says. Perhaps he is. But he takes the role as the revenger. Yeah. Mm. Um, the Batman role, yeah. basically. But 
Yeah, with but, sharp stabby stuff. <laughs> yeah, but Batman is generally a good guy. Um, yeah. Curse is not. In <laughs> a, I think this K in the primary book about Curse, mm. he there's a story he thinks back to a place when he actually get Nostromo working. Yeah, or about to get it working. He's killing gang leaders and stuff. He finds out there's a woman that's going to kill herself because uh, her husband's dead or something. But he's not going to allow her to do that. Instead, he to- he tortured her. It's hard to see Batman do that. Mm. The point is, what if Curse ended up on a fairly functional society? Perhaps. Uh, where Ultramar, for example. Mm. Well, he he does end up there later on. Spoiler. Yeah, but <laughs> a little bit late, perhaps. <laughs> he gets an education. No one, someone cares for him. Someone teaches stuff, and so on. Will he be that perfect judge? Will he use his foresight to end complicated uh, trial cases? I don't know. Uh, he's way intelligent to. I think anyone in his situation ending up there, mm-hmm. being forced to eat rats and uh, babies, babies for like his entire life, mm-hmm. would probably freak out in the end. And he got his foresight; he knows he's gonna be killed someday. He freaks himself him out even more. Mm-hmm. For so example, he... if you switch places with the Sanguinius, that's a good example. Mm-hmm. He's got the foresight as well. He's got bloodlust as well. Um, would be he be the killer, and uh, curse be the lighted one on balls? So, so is that is that a question of the Primarchs, or is that a question that the it's the planets, the home worlds that are shaping them in that way? I think it's Nostromo for like ninety five percent. Yeah. Yeah, I think he he was uh, predestinated to be if Khan was the philosopher or Russ was the gatekeeper or something. He was perhaps the not the no, lawyer. Vulcan was the gatekeeper. <laughs> Sorry, Vulcan was the gatekeeper. Yeah, I know. But anyway, you get my point. He was perhaps the judge, mm-hmm. and he maybe got that foresight for a reason to. Uh, and legal cases mm-hmm. but he ended up where he ended up and uh, I don't know I hard to see him turning out like that on another planet on a more controlled society well let's let's take it so you're you're saying you're saying he ends up on Ultramar right and he gets a really good upbringing really good education he assumes yeah. this this role of the of you say as, as the judge and, and, and all of that but the legion, the the well, what are they the eighth? So the the eighth legion Terrans are all drawn from these like m- murder jail prison pits, aren't they? Yes. Yep. So but, uh, the blood jungles <laughs> as well. They're thugs and thieves as well. Oh, okay, right. That that I didn't know. Right. So so this this is it. Like was was. Would they once they'd all joined up and and you've got Kurz and the the Ultra Night Lords? Um, what, what what happens here? What happens when you get all of the Terrans coming? Like, does the Legion end up going the way it was always? 
going to go um, or, or not. But if you're saying the Blood Angels are drawn from there and they obviously end up being very noble and... They were not from prisons, but they were right. the thugs from the lowest right. uh, in the high and so on. Um, Good point. Fair point. I don't have all the answers tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. Of course. But maybe hmm. the prisoners were supposed to be his executioner. I don't know. I hard to see the emperor create curse the way he ended up as a per- as a plan. Yeah, yeah. of course not. But uh, Nostroma is a very special place. Yeah, but because I suppose it does go on to shape the legion, doesn't it? Because yes, he he loses it, right? Yes, Nostroma shapes yeah. legions. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. That's my point. Yeah. He, he yeah. would never be in this totally fucking. Nip- if it's ended up on a drama, I'm absolutely sure of that. And like you say, there are criminals in the in the legion from the beginning, and they are by default criminals. Uh, he recruits because everyone is criminal. Mm. And it really shaped me. That actually oh, well, he, he needed his dad to tell him, like, don't worry about those visions. You you know you can shape your own future, and then be be who you want. You're meant to be. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, that's another thing. He he see his death, and it takes he he, he never can handle it like Sanguinius mm. does. He mm. can see his death as well. well. He doesn't do very well with it, to be fair. But yeah, I know what you're saying. Well, they have that chat about it, don't they? In uh, is it Angels of Caliban the, Unrem- where they're having the fight on Ultrama, aren't they? And he's sort of like unremembered Empire. Uh, yes, yeah. I don't remember exactly what he's saying, um, but yes, they are. But it's, it's basically about that, and it's like you—you've got this yeah. foresight. How doesn't it drive you insane? Like, what's the what's the deal? That's that's cool. so that's really interesting because I I had been more no Nostrama hasn't shaped the Legion. Like Nostrama was a shitty place, and that sucks. But I think the Night Lords were always going to end up being the bad guys. But actually, everything you see, yeah, I agree. Everything you said made me change my mind. Like, I'm like, actually, yeah, maybe Nostroma did have more of an impact than I thought. If it, say mm-hmm. they ended up on a drama, here's your legion. Okay, what kind of people are these? Oh, yeah, they're rapists and murderers. Okay. He just goes full Chiraba, doesn't he? It's just like, right, okay. <laughs> what am I supposed to do with this? I don't know. It's your legion. Do whatever you want. Yeah. Okay. He's going to give him a chance. Hmm. Maybe, maybe not, because the recruits he takes from Ultrama will probably not be criminals. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I wouldn't do that anyway. I think uh, another another problem is that even when he gets his first Night Lord recruits from Nostromo, before it all goes to shit, they are usually like, even if it's a shitty place, they're not as bad as after Nostromo, just like, we're not going to send yeah. our best dudes anymore. He's gonna send whatever shit we get. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he actually shapes up the planet a bit, um, quite a well, bit. That's it. That's when it directly ends up shaping the legion, isn't it? It's because they're like, yeah, fuck it, just send them the, <laughs> send yeah. them the crap ones. Send the people we don't want. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I mean, it is. I mean, if you look at the, um, I'm just thinking, Pharos. Uh, I can't remember the the if it's Pharos is the name of the novel or if there's another one. Pharos. Theros, yeah. Um, but the greatest that. love story ever told. Exactly. <laughs> but what, what you see is that you see, uh, and even when you, you like, I think it's Prince of Crows, maybe. Um, I can't remember which one it is, but there's, you get the, in the Legion, you get the gang culture. And that's very much from Nostromo. 
Yes. Gang culture, much like uh, Cthonia as well, but it's a lot different. Cthonia is, is far more um, like, how to put it, like the Warriors, you know, the movie, the, the street gangs in the US kind of thing. Yeah. Whereas Nostromo is very much, like you said, Freddie, like the Jack the Ripper, Old England, um, basically street gangs with nothing to live for. They, they literally have to fight and kill for food. And yes. that, that whole mentality comes from the planet. I mean, I was, I was just, well, we, you were talking, I was just reading some of the information about the fact that, I mean, you know, we, we know that they're pale skinned because the planet is literally almost permanently in dark um, because of the way things are. They've, they're, you know, massive amounts of, um, you know, foundry workers, hard workers who are, you know, very thuggish, that sort of stuff. And if you're below that level, which a lot of the population are, it is just a constant fight for survival and not just, you know, a lot going back to like talking about Fenris and hunting and stuff like that. It is literally, you could wake up with a knife in your gut at any moment kind of thing. You're always on edge. You've always got that killer, um, killer, you know, that's, sort of, I don't know how to describe it. You've got to have that awareness to survive, but you've got to have that drive to survive as well and be willing to do what the other guy isn't. Or sell your own mother. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, sell your own mother, kid, you know, murder a baby, you know, all that sort of stuff, whatever it takes. Yeah. And that when you combine that with the Terrans who have been taken from the, you know, the prison culture and all that sort of stuff, it, that mashes very well and then gets in, uh, reinforced by what the Nostromo mentality and everything. And I think that's... I, I think the big difference between like uh, all the other places and like uh, Cathona and shit is that here it's all about um, individuality. Like I don't give a shit about the gang really. I, I'm used out for myself. A lot of it, yeah. While the other ones are more like they're more like groups and shit. Because here you'd stab your fucking gang mate if, if that was good for you. Yeah, that's right. That's actually a really good point because again, that's that's I think that's what I was trying to convey because it, it comes up a lot in the um, in the book when they actually invade Pharaoh, uh, the Pharaoh site. Um, that you've got, you know, these guys are, are, are arguing amongst themselves who's the who's in charge, who's head honcho, and you know all this sort of stuff. Yeah, I think in the opening scene there when they're hiding, yeah, in the space station, the actors start to fight among themselves. They, yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking of, mate. And that, that's that's the thing is that that's that is that old gang, that old fight for survival, fight for supremacy, um, you know, fight for your next meal mentality that I think is the real leftovers from Nostromo um, and, and how that world shapes. But it's hard to have a fucking legion or a unit when no one really wants. Yeah, to there are no loyalties. There's, oh, yeah, there's true. the thing. True. On Fenris, you fight in nature, you know the rules in one way. On Antonia, mm-hmm. you got the loyalty to the gang, you got a companionship or something. But yeah. on uh, Nostrama, just like you said, you end up in a gang because the only way is to survive to be a gang, but you can't be sure that the gang covers your ass. Kind of like, kind of like a big group of feral cats. Yeah. If that makes sense. You know? <laughs> Selfish individuals that are together just until it's, you know, no longer beneficial uh, or yeah, whatever. Yeah. yeah. So the point is, mm-hmm. imagine um, we we stop where curse 
actually take control of the planet. Everything mm-hmm. settles down. Then the emperor comes and takes me away. But imagine if he got, I don't know, 20 years to handle that shitty planet. Mm-hmm. Killed off some uh, gang leaders, have actually police force and so on. Do the whole, like, actually, the lion should have landed there. <laughs> and just do the, whatever he does, just organize the whole thing. Just like, well, now yes, good, really, really good point. What would happen if the lion landed on Nostromo? Or like rebooted Gilliman. Would it, exactly, would organize a proper society. He would have borne them to death with paperwork <laughs> and organized them all to death. <laughs> Many people will kill off more than curse, probably. That's a fair point. Well, he wouldn't go around and fucking being the judge. He was just like, okay, all you guys are inefficient. And you die. Yes. Mm. So Nostromo needed an organizer, not a judge. Yeah, perhaps. Because mm. it's, and what there's one, actually, there's one other that there's thinking about all this is these, the, the planets we've talked about are really good. Because we keep going back and forth between them, really good um, counters to each other, and show different ways of how how things could have been. But there's one planet that I kind of sort of want to wrap on, so maybe maybe wrap up on tonight for this part mm. of the discussion, and that's Colchis. Yep. And that's that's so that we're looking at um, the world, uh, the word bearers, and you know the you know. That world of which is almost the worst ever stepdad ever. <laughs> yeah, well, they, it's the world that's the complete opposite to what the emperor wanted. He wanted, you know, the imperial truth was faith and worship are not a thing, basically. Um, and you know, nothing comes good from it. Let's get, you know, that's what the imperial truth was. It was about removing that, but suddenly one of his. Primox Suns lands on a planet that is basically, you know, a televangelist. Chaos infested in the first place. Televangelist homeworld, you know? Of the Chaos yeah. Gods. Yeah. And it happened to be the most religious, potentially religious Primarch. Or. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, was... so I think that's, that's it, right? Is he, you know, he was predisposed to being. You know, a great orator, uh, a, a very faithful person, um, you know, a very dedicated, you know, all these sorts of character traits, right, are what made Lorgar, Lorgar and that he was able to fire people up, right, to 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 go with it. So I, and I get it, yeah, cult, cult, you know, the, you go from being really secular, you know, Imperium, this, that, and the other, to this incredibly religious you know, society that he finds on on cultures uh, that is rooted in chaos. Um, but I, it, yeah, he's a real because the the thing is, is he he's really not into chaos, is he? Like, like he's it's if he if he had landed on just about any other planet, he's he's going to end up as. The rune priest, the Zadian Arga, the Baal, you know, shaman, the all of these, that's where he's going to end up, right? Because that's the faith of that culture and that's where it goes. Um, but you know, he 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 is for decades, he's this like massive proponent of the imperial truth, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. and yes, the emperor gets a bit pissy with. <laughs> 
how he's doing it. But as, as we obviously find out, he's in fact completely right about everything. Um, but we don't want to talk Spoilers. about that. Spoiler. Um, but actually, you know, and there's that there's that wonderful bit in one of the books where Malkador admits that they basically that they fucked up with Lorca. Um, I think he's playing chess against one of them or Russ or someone like that, and, and then they're like, oh, or Grammaticus, can't remember who it is. He's playing playing regicide or something against one, and he sort of, sort of basically says, you know, there's nothing else we could have done except maybe with Lorgar. That's that we drop we drop the ball there with Lorgar. I think that was the one where he's, where he's uh, um, playing against Russ, right? And and that uh, that's really interesting, right? Because it suggests that the that they could have prevented what happened with Lorgar happening. So he could have landed on Colchis. They couldn't have prevented that, right? So that that was always going to be the way it was. Then they find him and they do these things. And that's what they could have changed. But the, the Colchis part is almost irrelevant, right? So I think that one's a bit of a trap. I, I, think, I think that's a bit too obvious of a one to say it had a huge impact on the Legion. Um, and actually, I, I think Lorgar has the bigger impact on the Legion than the Homeworld does. Uh, not Erebus. Yeah, that's about my today. But well, yeah, or, or Erebus, right? <laughs> Which Prima could have resisted Erebus? Mm-hmm. Right, like, and and again, a Primarch who is predisposed to being very passionate and, you know, all in on something, um, and big about truth. Like, let's be honest. What's the opening to First Heretic? So, all I ever wanted was to to tell the truth. Mm. Um, I, I, I think I don't think Colchis has a huge impact on on the on the word barrels. I'm going to counter try and counterpoint that one because <laughs> I'm I, I'm interested in this take because again I'm I'm sort of I'm openly I'm reading the wiki right now uh, and I have been all you know in preparation for the episode. But what's interesting is that the history of Colchis it was a technologically advanced world but it regressed back to a feudal state and it was very much dominated by a religious cult. Mm. And he, he was then, obviously we know he's raised by Corferon and he was as much a figure point as a tool from Corferon to overthrow this covenant and take control of the planet. Mm -hmm. And their chosen tool was religion mm -hmm. and how they did it. But in doing so, his followers, which would eventually become, you know, first generation uh, cultures, um space marine converts, were of this faith, mm. of the faith that he carried and he portrayed as, his, as the counter to the covenant of cultures. Mm. So the world that he came into, arrived into, was already religious, and he was used as part of a, a counter with another from another religion to overthrow, take control, which then informed on his followers, which then, over time, once they got integrated, informed on the Legion. So I would say maybe it doesn't have as big an impact as we might say, like we said, Chigoris or Fenris, for example, but I think what the world that he landed into and what it was 
did have a very heavy impact on the Legion in the end because it, it brought those people in. in. But I think in the end is is the way to look because you could you could yeah. argue that what had the impact on them was the fact that religion was everywhere in the yeah. galaxy still, regardless of what the Emperor wished. You know, it was still there. He found it on, you know, he was a particularly radical form of it on Colchis. Um, and I, I get what you're saying. You know, he, he learns that, that religion is a tool to control, you know, can be, can be, actual, right? But that could have been learned in a, many other homeworlds, right? I would say he'd learned that afterwards. Uh, my argument would be that he was manipulated by Corferon first. Mm. And then he saw what would happen afterwards. I don't saying you're wrong. I just think it was a little bit longer before he stepped into it. And then when he got put down, when he got censured, that's mm. when he went, well, you're fucking wrong. I know this. I've seen this. Mm. And off he went on his vision quest for the next 50 years. But he was right. I'm not saying he was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but again, the, the, the point being that it's that I, I, I feel the word bearers end up as the word bearers, whether cultures happened or not. And because of that, mm -hmm. that's why I don't think it has that big of an impact. Now, I'm not saying it's like super fucking boring, like Inwit and literally has no impact on it. But <laughs> it's, you know, there's, there, the Lorgar was susceptible to this stuff, right? Because he was, it. yeah, because of who he was, right? So it was inevitable. Right, and I think almost certainly it would have been Magnus, probably that exposes him to the warp or whatever, and the truth. And mm. Lorgar takes it in a slightly different direction. <laughs> um, but again, but again, that's got nothing to do with cultures. Mm. Like, okay, that's yeah, and and again, I'm not saying I'm right, but but I'm I'm thinking that it's I don't understand why. It, the whole thing that happens on Colchis and how he was used and stuff and mm. how he could... That is actually all the arguments that uh, his dad uh, uses for not using religion. Mm. So you think that him be... Oh, you mean the emperor. Right, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you, you were thinking that, yeah, he's real dad. Or whatever. <laughs> but you know what I mean. Yeah. That he would have learned that, oh, fuck, religion is bad. And mm. then... And then kind of use that and become all. So I, I'm seeing it playing out two ways. It's just that his old man didn't give a fuck about explaining things. Well, yeah, forget that issues. <laughs> yeah, so that that yeah, maybe that maybe you're right. There, there's very much more of a daddy issues issue. What I really want to say is yes, Morgan, I think, is a very re religious person. He's willing to accept religion in a way that other primarchs don't. I mean, there are probably religions on all planets the Primarch landed on, mm. Mm. but it's never a thing unless it's a uh, wolf priest or perhaps that's religion and uh, the Khan itself. Mm. Uh, I'm sure. Dormseers and stuff like that. Yes, that's some sort of religion that's mentioned. There are re probably religion on all planets, mm. but it's never important in the story, only there. So, my point is put Lorgar on. Ultramar and put uh, Gulliman on Chorgis. Uh, but he accepted to be being manipulated mm. like that. 
I think it ends up worse, you know. I think you put Gilliman on coaches, I think it ends up way worse. Because I feel like I feel like Lorgar's thing was all about the truth, right? And if you if you could present him with evidence that you know it things are this way, he would be like, Yes, that's that's right, that's the way it is. Whereas I feel like Gilliman would have been like Nah, this is it. This is the way it's going to be. This is the way it's always been, you know. <laughs> and then, yeah, it ends up okay. as, as, as bad. I don't know. Like, maybe it's... Maybe resisted. Maybe not. This is an interesting thought if you move away from the planet. Put Lorgar on any planet. Sooner mm. or later, he will be in contact with uh, with Warp. Yeah. Will he yeah. still be the, how to say, creator of the heresy? Mm. Depends on if he gets to do his uh, dad is a god thing or not. Mm. Yes, that's another point because I'm pretty sure I read it. I don't know if it's the first heretic or other book that he has a conversation, I think, with Erebus or someone else. Does he express something like this? I always been to know there's something out there a religion, a truth, a god, but I really was realized it was the emperor and the Erebus argues against this. So that implies that he is a religious person in the first place. He do actually believe mm. in, in a duty or a god or something. Mm. And that would probably be the case no matter where he ended up. But what, what was uh, Loger's uh, job when the Great Crusade was over? Wasn't it him that was supposed to enlighten the people about the truth, about the dad and about psychic powers and stuff and Magnus was the one that was supposed to sit on the golden throne and then help protect mm. the humans and usher them into being these psychic beings but Logan was the one that was supposed to tell them the yeah he he was like the ultimate iterator wasn't he he yeah, was like yeah. mega Sin- Cinderman yes um, yeah. that's a good but way of looking at it I think he turned out religious instead and... oh, he, fa- he found he, I would say his skills found their place in religion rather than being um, put to use as the emperor intended. Not Let's religion. I thought that he was going to be the one that after like this imperial truth was all to protect the humanity, that once they got into the webway, that he was the one that was going to tell them and educate them about the truth, about how divine power the is. War yeah, the and, war and all of that. Yeah. So he en- he ends up becoming like the high priest of the imperial yeah. faith, yeah. But you can educate people be- without being religious. That's the thing. He was very uh, accepting to gods to religion. He was open to religion. Mm. Yeah, but wasn't the whole point to make the emperor a god? Or am I? No, I thought that was the one thing the emperor didn't want. No, no, but no, no, that not preach religion. But then in the end, the end game plan was for the Emperor to be enough powerful to defeat the Chaos Gods. I always thought the whole point of the move into the webway... Well, that's what he's doing now in the weird new fluff anyway. But he gets yeah. like all, he becomes all powerful and shit and becomes godlike. And he fucking bitch slaps Papa Nurgle. The only thing that I ever got out of the, the, sort of like the books and stories and stuff was that the the emperor was very much trying to lead humanity into the the webway and cut it cut it off from the wall. Yeah, well, that was to weaken. Yeah, that was to weaken the chaos gods, and then himself being able to nourish on the psychic power, becoming a god. Brackets 
honestly didn't know that. That's kind of cool. And then while they're they're unable to feed at least on humanity, there's a fucking tons load of other Xeno races that have feelings. <laughs> that means that he will get enough power. Uh, because all the they will believe in the emperor, and he will get enough power. There will be no chaos and shit because they'll be shielded. So even if they feel hatred, anger, and stuff like that, it will not leak out to them. But all every everyone will believe in the emperor, and he will get those powers, and he will kill off the chaos gods. That is way more than I thought about it, and very interesting. <laughs> Genuinely, yeah, it's, that's it's a huge conversation, isn't it? It's, but... Yeah, that, that's, that's, that's a whole episode conversation there. But does it does do the word bearers end up as the word bearers without cultures? That's that's the crux of it, right? We're saying the scars end up as the scars, right? Because of Chagoris, right? Do the word bearers end up different if? Lorgar lands somewhere else, or were they always destined to be these fanatics? I think they were personally. I think they were all. They were always destined because I think he was always destined for that sort of role. Hmm. Um, well, the, I don't know. Like the the pre Lorgar fucking word bearers, they they were fanatic in eradicating old religion. Yeah, but that's it. But they're fanatics, aren't they? That's their yeah. their thing. Yeah. Right? yeah. So I think that if Logar Logar regardless of where he landed. Let, let's say he landed at Chagoris and actually took a learn what he was supposed to learn that, oh, fuck, religion manipulated me. We used religions to sack other people and to make people fight wars. Religion mm. is bad. We should keep on eradicating religion. That would be good. And I don't know, like, if he landed somewhere else, maybe, I don't know. He needed to talk to his fucking dad. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I think he's, he is very much a proponent of daddy issues. Um, yeah. Above everything else, but I'd like I'd like to think this because we've we've had a good chat so far. I think this is something we can come back to very much so and revisit again in the future because I think I'd really like to. Well, we should ask the listeners to tell us like what uh, Legion homeworlds do you want us to discuss and why and like why would it be Chemos because no one fucking talks about Chemos. Well, you, you beat me to part of what I was going to say, but the other one, the other thing I was going to say is generally just a very quick in a few words. What do you think has had the out of what we've talked about? Who what's had the biggest effect? The home world or the Primarch? Who would you say? Which is out of the world? What we've talked about this evening so far, uh, Freddie? Who's had bigger impact on these legions? The world, the home worlds, or the Primarch? Uh on all twenty or not <clears throat> these ones we've talked about tonight. Uh, fuck, that's hard. Um, it wasn't meant to be easy. <laughs> I think it's. Uh, uh, it's it's a mix. Okay. Like obviously the Khan is it's not as clear cut, but I think the other one somehow the Primarch are such uh, strong personalities that they have a little bit more impact. That's my okay. vote. Pella, Freddy said it's hard. It's again out of what we've just about the words with stuff we've talked about this evening. We're not helping Jody here, are we? No, we're not. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> Tell you what, I'll give you a second to think. Henry, do you have any succinct thoughts? Yeah, it's the home worlds, and I think there's an awful lot more to the were they scattered deliberately? Like, were they placed on these worlds deliberately? Because I think the home worlds end up having a far greater impact, particularly what we've talked about. Yeah. I gave you that. I think they, they weren't scattered randomly. They were placed by something. Mm. Okay. Um, a little bit too obvious. Uh, we haven't talked about Barabas, for example. 
is that maybe a future episode for us then where we have a discussion about that? Yes. Because I think that could be fun. Do you have any thoughts, Pella, or do you just want to leave it as it's difficult? Yeah, it's difficult, but I think the planet shapes more than we perhaps think. Nice. Okay, cool. Well, that's been our main topic this evening, talking about home worlds. Yes, we strayed into Primarchs because you can't really separate the two. But um, if you like what we've talked about and you think we should do more about it, let us know if you want to hear us talk about you know, thoughts on where stuff got scattered and who did what and where and why. We could talk about that too. Um, but yeah, we're we're going to wrap it up now, this episode. But before we do, and very quickly, because I'm aware of our time while we're recording, we have asked for, like I said earlier, and had some answers from our listeners for some questions. Um, and I'm going to throw these out generally to everyone here. But let's be let's not take another hour to get through these. So from uh, Spuddy, Paul Shaw, one of our longtime listeners and supporters. Love you, dude. Um, he's asking, so seeing as Black Shields don't have any rules yet, which legions would you guys think would suit the old style of rules and maybe any rights of war to make Black Shields playable in 2.0? And another part of that question, which I think is probably a bit more geared towards Henry, is have you got any ideas for paint schemes for a Black Shields army uh, that isn't black or grey? Because currently Spuddy's got um, Dark Angels and Space Wolves. So he's looking for a bit of a non-chromatic, monochromatic paint scheme. I mean, put it this way. If, if you want ideas for colour schemes for Space Marines, you're not going to struggle. Mm. Um, there are literally billions out there, aren't there, on, on the internet. Um, but I suppose, really, Paul, it's it's where you where you start a project from. So I would say, if it's if it's background, if you like to build a story around your, um, you know, your 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 army that you're collecting, do that first, and then I I would I would be doing that first, and then I might say to myself, okay, historically in our you know our world, what what societies were like that, what groups were like this that did that, then I'd go and look at them, and then I'd see if there was any particularly cool visuals that i really like the look of and maybe it's color schemes or you know um anything like that and then go go that route a um, bit like you guys did with latinicos for the titan legion right yeah. um alternatively if you're coming at it more from a, i've got two quite dark grungy schemes with the the dark angels and the and the wolves then then i would say it's a case of looking at you know look at your primary colors um look at you know your, uh, more of the 40k chapters and get an idea of perhaps how you could work it in you know work a brighter color in maybe you stick to black as the main color and you do colored pads um you know and that's an easy way to say that you know the black shields they obliterated their previous heraldry and stuff or you know the astral claws we look at what the red corsairs did right so they you know you join the red corsairs you kept your previous chapters thing and you put a big red x through it you know there's there's lots and lots of ways of 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 choosing but the main thing is you don't have to come up with it yourself because there will guarantee there will be someone else who's painted a space marine in that color scheme um and it's and it's probably on the internet i have two ideas which i used for my black shields um the first idea is uh bone colored or desert colored or whatever because if you think about kind of uh, ceramite armor. Most people think it's gray. Uh, I think why not? What if you split the gray in in between? You have like bolt gun metal, and you kind of have bone color, because that's 
like kind of like mixing into gray. So I think that looking into into them as your base colors and do something fancy for their pauldrons and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would do a heap heaps load of shi- shipping fluids and stuff. You can use that as a base coat and then do uh, let's say blue, black, green, or what whatnot that you want on top of it, and then like ship through to the actual ceramite like bone or metal colors underneath. That's just my idea. Nice. What about rules wise? I have a suggestion. Oh, go for it, bud. Um, does you want something to totally different? I was reading uh, the old road. I was looking into old road reading mm-hmm. road book. And actually try to do some kind of uh, camel. Ooh. Either city as a gray and blacks and greens. That's a really cool idea. Or a woodland or desert. Uh, use Freddy's uh, bone and uh, do yellow uh, desert yellow stripes. Oh, nice. I like that. Old school tiger claws, eh? There are too few. Yeah. There are not enough camouflage space marines out there. Yeah, because yeah. eight eight foot tall, giant, heavy military armored chassis can be sneaky and camouflage. <laughs> Just make them fucking uh, battle ragged and shit, and mm. then it doesn't really matter which color you you choose. Just but... make sure that they're fucking fucked up. Maybe do like I remember Eric Orman did his Raven Guards with like stolen and replaced armor bits here and there, mixed armor types, as it's like very. Uh, rudimentary battlefield repairs and I think that goes a long way to help out the miniature kind of get that uh, black shield look uh, for rules I would probably look until they find something I'd probably look at Raven Guard or Alpha Legion for the most flexibility because then you can sort of hint on if you do Alpha Legion you can kind of hint on what Legion they used to be by having those you know the whatever specialist units you wanted uh, Raven Guard, obviously, you have that stealth kind of hide for the shadows, sort of crosshair uh, pirate feel for it. So Nice. Or Night Lords in the dark, actually, terror assault. But they're too scared. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I think, like, uh, I think, like, to be a more organized, because obviously, if you come, become Black Shields, you're kind of more dedicated to your cause that you, you don't want anything to do with this. So, even though, you know, I know you love Night Lords, Pele, but I think. Uh, they're not dedicated enough, except for the. They designs. are dedicated in their own way. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. yeah. So they're committed, or they need to be committed. But yeah, yeah. both work. Um, so that's what I would suggest. There you go, Spud. That's that's your question answered there, my friend. Um, next question from um, John Tevez. I hope I pronounced that right, John. Uh, which characters from the novel should get model? Should next get a model and rules? Dantioch. Yeah, there you go. Done. Antioch. It's like you've had that waiting there, mate, for some reason. <laughs> Rabba's Antioch's the greatest character in the entire of the heresy. He's a traitor and he should die. Oh, wait, he did. He's my hero. Oh, Lord almighty. Your bromance. It really is. I wish I was Alexis Pollux. Yeah. <laughs> I think fucking Rylanor should get a proper model. Get his own model, you mean, yeah? That's a good yeah. shout. That's yeah. a good shout. Yeah, I like Rylanor. Uh, Pele, got any thoughts there, bud? That's hard. Uh, one I come to mind is that um, I don't remember his name uh, just because it's late. Uh, his Raymond Guard he actually shoots. What? Young Grammaticus. <laughs> yeah, that's a really cool model. I was going to say that, damn it. 
<laughs> so, all, all the all the dudes from uh, what is it like the abyss? What's it called? The fucking the fight for the abyss? No, no, shush. He's been in a shitload of books. Uh, Dramaticus has, yeah. But you you were saying sorry, uh, Raven. Yeah, that Karen Raven, um, Raven. Not Sharakin or yeah, the guy who actually shoot uh, Fulgrim in the head and survives yeah. fighting. Mm, Sharakin uh, fucks mm. up, fucks up Lucius. Yeah, he deserves a model. He does. He deserves a model and rules. Uh, I was going to say John Grammaticus or some or the um, Perpetuals in some way, shape, or form. I have no idea what they'd be used for. But that bubblehead that uh, Alpharius kicks out in space. That would be kind of fun. <laughs> no, that uh, medium that you, um, Jesus, um, that can predict the future that uh, the lion use. Yeah, anything oh, like that. The weird, the weird baby. <laughs> That's grim. Yeah, the the kid engine thing. Yeah. And Antinapula, something Anapula? Ink, ink, ink yeah. Anapula? I don't know what his role is going to be on a battlefield, but uh, it could be objective. <laughs> I just think, I just think that the, the person I just think the perpetuals are cool and they, they could be some sort of weird agent of chaos, something for people who write rules to have some crazy fun with. Um, okay, last question. So this one's a bit, maybe a bit involved, but we'll, we'll see how we go. Um, so, question from William Frank. If there were, if they were to do a Horace Heresy movie, what would be your fan casting for Primarchs, Malkador, and the Emperor? Now, that's a lot to cover. So, I'm going to say this: everybody pick a Primarch, and then we'll worry about the others. So, fucking suck at actors. It's fine. Um, uh, <laughs> who would I go with? Um, right. If he was still alive, I would have said Michael Clark Duncan for Vulcan. Okay. You don't know who Michael Clark Duncan is. He's the guy who played John Coffey in The Green Mile, who played the Kingpin. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, I know. I know you do. I'm just saying for listeners in general, he, he fits, he's got the humanity and other obvious characteristics. He's a really good actor as well, isn't he? Yeah. But he's an amazing actor. I think he would have played Vulcan. He would have been brilliant for Vulcan. Uh, who's got another option for a Primarch? Uh, the, the Rock for um, Horace. <laughs> nice, nice. I like that. That's kind of interesting. Henry, you got any any thoughts on the Primark? Well, I, I'm going to be really contrary about it, which I don't right. want to be a dick, right? But I'd I'd love if they do ever do something with it. Yeah. I'd much prefer they went like how they did with the Lord of the Rings films, where it was nearly all relatively unknown actors, mm-hmm. and I really liked that that therefore they didn't come with baggage, right? Yeah. So, you know, let, let's say, yeah, The Rock plays Horace and he does an amazing job and all the rest of it. You're never going to be able to forget or get out of your head the idea of Horace, you know, He's the rock. dropping the people's elbow and, and you know, <laughs> can you smell this and, and, that, and that and the other, right? <laughs> we have that happen, that would be amazing. I'm not lying. You know, I think I would rather they were, were unknowns. Personally, um, come on, man! You just cracked it at the end. Of the, the whole fight on the uh, at the very end of the Vengeful Spirit. <laughs> he doesn't burn him into existence. He drops a people's elbow on him. <laughs> you know, cringes him out of existence. Hey, bunch of jabronis. Well, <laughs> the, uh, as he plays the Witcher now, which is yes. basically Lionel Johnson anyway. So, oh. so, so we already have him. Because I imagine yeah. his, if if you read it, if anyone reads any of the fucking Dark Angel novels, you'll see that roughly the same type of, uh, well, Henry Cavill, yeah, 
yeah, conversation he yeah. has as to which is basically <laughs> Lionel Johnston in all his movies. He is like he is Ger- Geralt of Rivera is basically uh, Lionel like, Johnston, isn't he? Uh, it's, like, <laughs> it's grunting and telling people to fuck off mm. and then stabbing them with a giant sword. I mean, you can't get it wrong there. <laughs> you can't get it wrong. Any any anyone from you, Pele? Any thoughts? <sighs> No, I I don't know. I'm too bad at actors. I have no way. Like, don't worry, said, like Henry, unknown guys with no luggage. Yeah, that's uh, super good. That's cool. I think who's gonna be angry? You know, an uh, angry guy. Uh, <laughs> oh, do you know what? Oh, just... oh, what's his name? That uh, British actor, Lockstock and Smoking Barrel. Jason Statham. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, Statham would be brilliant. Actually, no. What's the the old football player? Vinny Jones. Winnie Jones. Finish. <laughs> yeah, Angron taking skulls by grabbing croc, gra- grabbing yes, uh, uh, crotches. Yeah, that'd be brilliant. I was going to say Dolph Lundgren from Rocky Three, but or Rocky Four, but yeah, that works as well. Uh, that works really well. Dolph is a god. Yeah, I don't think you could find an actor to play the Emperor. I mean, you could get away with Henry Cavill maybe, but um, I don't think you can. That's the one kind of uh, character that never actually in. Uh... Never really gets described. Well, he never, he never fucking talks anyway, so it doesn't really uh, matter. I kind of, honestly, if a random choice, I don't know why, I just like the thought of Mads Mikkelsen playing, um, or Peter Stoudemire, uh, Stoudemire playing um, playing Malkador. I don't know why. I just think those two would have a lot of gravitas behind them, but still be able to put some energy into stuff when they need to. But that's just me. I don't know if anybody's got any other thoughts on who'd play Malkador, but... Oh, Malkador, that would be fucking Captain Kirk himself. That would be David, uh, Sir David Attenborough. Just wheel, uh, wheel him out. He's got oh. You have to dig up yes. Sean Connery. He's be perfect. <laughs> With the accent, though, he has to have the heavy Scottish accent. Of course. he's Spanish, <laughs> of course. Because um, that makes all the sense. Right, okay. Well, that's three questions answered. We'll do more next time. Uh, I want to say a big thank you to our uh, editors. To you guys for listening to the crew tonight for making this an awesome one don't forget um there's going to be a link in our show notes for the next Routac. there's going to be um, information about our patreon you can find it at patreon.com forward slash the varangian heresy um and yeah i'm very much looking forward to our next episode whatever that might be who knows we might even carry on this conversation we shall see um so i'm going to roll this up and i'm going to say it's a good night from me and me and, and me. And me. And you. There we are. Right. And I'm going to say, guys, remember, treat life like 30K. Be angry on the streets. Be full grim in the sheets. And try not to lose your head. This is the Varangian Heresy Podcast, signing off. <laughs>